This podcast is going to be about as good as a screen door on a battleship. Podcast? Can you say the line, Alex? Can you... I cannot remember the line. Podcasts. Where we're going, we don't need podcasts. Oh, okay. I get you. We'll try to make like a tree and get out of here. Try to get our uh, flux capacitor to 1.21 gigawatts. If you don't know by now. Without further ado, we're just through the lens today, and we're going to be talking about the classic movie trilogy by Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, and quite a other few people. Uh, Back to the Future. But today we have a guest, a Back to the Future fanboy, one might say. We have fan of the show. Time traveling fan, Jack Hart. Mm. Tell me, podcast boy, who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? Alex? Wow, guys. Who's vice president? Jerry, Jerry Lewis? <laughs> oh, what a, what a great set of films we have in front of us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me once again. Oh, of course. You know, it's, Jack, you know something crazy, Alex? This has been show. a long time coming. Well, I also have an outro bit. Oh? For the first time ever, 46th episode of Through the Lens, and we finally get our first outro. This is very it's exciting. It's kind of one. You'll like it. Uh, by the way, Davis uh, and Jack, we passed 900 total listens. Whoop, whoop, whoop. The climb to 1,000. Yeah. How long did that take you? Uh, 45 ep- episodes. 45 episodes. So how long did exact. it take you to listen to all your episodes 900 times? Uh, I actually have a system running that's constantly currently. I think, I think if it... I think we're on the Sean Connery episode right now. I think so. if that were true, we'd have well over 1,000. Yeah. That's that's absolutely hundred percent. But yeah, uh, we thank you Send all. Send this to your congressional candidates. Oh, good lord! We thank you all for listening uh, to this episode, to, to all of our episodes so far. We hope you've enjoyed as much as we have. It's been a good time. And as we said, we're doing Back to the Future. Jack is joining the show yet again. He's been on for I don't know Star how many Wars, episodes. Star, Star Wars, Wars, Indiana Jones, Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. A lot, of, uh, a lot of trilogies. Yeah, yeah. We, we're just gonna keep it going then. But I guess. before we get to the news. Uh, oh. I want to let everybody at home know something. Oh. Alex has never seen these movies. Until yesterday. Until and yesterday Saturday. And Saturday. Look, man, I don't know. It was, you know, it wasn't movies that my parents ever actually, like, watched. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know. I'm, I actually want to ask my mom again why she doesn't. Text I, her while you're doing I it. I think she didn't like Michael J. Fox. What? <laughs> I don't know, though. Maybe that maybe that's wrong. I don't want to misconstrue or misrepresent my mother in any way. These so used I to come on cable a lot. That's how I saw them. Yeah, that, that's how. That's what I've heard, actually. I was watching a Chris Stuckman review, and he said that the way he got away with watching it is because it was rated PG back in the day. Mm. The same as Jaws, which is a whole other debate on how movies got PG ratings then, especially with yeah. some yeah, of the PG, jokes and dialogue in this movie, yeah. specifically movie, with, Mike, with Marty's everything. mom. What, that, that lady crazy. I wonder anyway. what Jaws 19 was rated. That's true. Still PG. Keep keeping it, you know. This time I mean, it's really, but really I, I personal. Say, since it's so personal, maybe they upped it to like PG-13. Yeah, I don't you know. know. You Ma- know. Max Spielberg doesn't pull any punches. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get into our movie news, as Davis said, we've got some trivia questions. We've got to make up for uh, for last week's debacle where I missed a trivia question. So we're going to do two. I'm going to introduce both questions. We're going to answer one at the end of the news segment, then leave the other one for the end of, or for the beginning of next week's episode. Here are the questions. Hold, okay. Hold your answers until... I, Minority I Report. Well, no, stop it. The first one relates to the news in an unfortunate way. Who co-starred with Bruce Willis as a Harlem store owner in Die Hard with a Vengeance? Hold your answers until we'll answer that one at the end of the news segment. And then next, one to be answered next week, and this relates to Robert Zemeckis. Who plays the rough-edged adventurer Jack Colton in Romancing the Stone? Romancing the Stone, of course, was Robert Zemeckis' first big break film. I'll talk about that when we get into the Back to the Future movies. But again, we'll be answering the Bruce Willis-related question at the end of the news and answering the Romancing the Stone question at the beginning of next week's episode where we talk about Morbius, 
Oh Lord, prepare Jared thy, Leto. Prepare thyself. No, stop it, stop it, stop it. But as as I said, we're going to get into the news, and unfortunately, we start with the saddest news of the week. Bruce Willis is retiring from acting due to a recent diagnosis of aphasia. For those who do not know, aphasia is a language disorder caused by brain damage that affects a person's ability to communicate. This means in writing, reading, and other basic forms of communication. Honestly, sounds terrifying. Because I mean, you bas- it basically how I I'm trying to think of the movie that did this. Um. Oh my gosh, what's the movie? Memento. No, 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 no. Um, Still Sophie? No, 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 no. That's I've a movie seen about it before. Aphasia. I can't tell you what it was, actually, but this is really annoying that I can't think of it. But I'll I find mean, it. Imagine just the uh, lacking in the Afterwards, ability to understand. No, it wasn't that one. The to Diving Bell and the Butterfly? No, okay. I, I don't think you're going to find it. Um, <laughs> this movie's just called Aphasia. Anyway. No, that wasn't it. But his retirement was announced by his family earlier this week, and the Razzies, who created a Bruce Willis category for this year's awards, tweeted this. Regarding Henry? Davis. King's speech. No. That's just about like a stutter. It's just about a stutter. Stop it. Anyway, Davis, leave, leave it be. Leave it be. The Razzies' official Twitter account tweeted, The Razzies are truly sorry for Bruce Willis's diagnosed condition. Then they said, perhaps this explains that he, why he wanted to go out with a bang in 2021. Our best wishes to Bruce and his family. My goodness. Which is a horrible tweet that they've since deleted. They also rescinded the category because they made a Bruce Willis-themed category this year for worst Bruce Willis performance. Because for those who don't know, the Razzies are an award show that gives out the worst awards rather than the and best. Bruce Willis had quite a few bad ones. He did, he did. And there certainly is room for speculation as to why he was in all those movies. This adds a lot of, huh, I wonder what was going on. But there's no place for that in the tweet um, wishing, sending your best wishes to his family. There's, there's no room for that whatsoever, and it's just ridiculous. And also, as a lot of people, you know, sort of tuning out to the Razzies, it's like, are these things really that funny, or is it just a bunch of, you know, insults to people? They just rescinded Shelley Duvall's Razzie she got for uh, film because apparently they now recognize the way Stanley Kubrick treated her in The Shining. It's like, no duh, we've known that for like 40 years. But I mean, congratulations on catching up. Then again, they don't seem like very intelligent people at, at the Razzie's organization, so what can you say? But yeah, so Bruce Willis will be done with acting. It was announced by his family, and just, you know, as kind of echoing the sentiment, our best wishes with Bruce and his family during whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about this disease, but I can't imagine it's going to be a very easy next few years. But anyway, that's the sad bit of news to open up. We'll move on to the other news around the movie world. The Kenobi series has been pushed back to May 25th premiere, or from its May 25th premiere to May 27th, but now two episodes will be released on the 27th. Davis, I know you're excited for that one. Exhilarating. What? Why Why two days? I don't really know exactly. Um, there wasn't really much of, a reason, Bane in it is why. much of a reason given. They're like, hey. I, I'm not really sure I myself. Know, I don't know how much I like... As, as, gonna long, a as long as these things take to make, how, how much How much time does two days buy you? I don't actually. I don't actually know. I is, is it because Moon Knight comes out on on Wednesdays? I don't know. Well, because let's see. Let's I see. Some Star Wars news for you. Oh, you do. The new Lego Star Wars game is coming out. Oh, Davis, I'm so excited. Mark this day in the history books <laughs> for today. Lego Star Wars two. Okay, so actually, sorry, one second before before we move on to that. Um, so I think it's because Moon Knight comes out on Wednesdays, so that would have been a conflict because okay. I think Moon Knight is going to end on March or on May 25th. So they're going to do that last episode of Moon Knight, two episodes of Kenobi on Friday, and then do Wednesday for every Kenobi series or from down. But yeah, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, I've been watching it or watching stuff about it, reading about it. Davis, what do you, I mean, seems I'm probably not cool. going to get it, but it seems awesome. I'm not going to get it either, but it seems cool. Y'all big Lego game fans back in the day? Back in the day, yeah. I back can't say day. I've played one in a while. But. Yeah. 
I made it my mission last I year. I know this goes, guy likes some oh, Lego Star Wars. I'm trying not to derail your show. No, you, you, we can derail the show, Every Jack. single if mini can, kid where they are. I don't even. <laughs> how much time do you have? Uh, but if you'll recall back to the Star Wars episode, I, I do chalk up a lot of my love for the movies like for from playing those, those games. Especially the music, because it like it uses the music from the movies and the levels. It absolutely does. That's, that's how it's all burned into my head so so thoroughly. And unfortunately, without those games, I'd just probably be a casual Star Wars fan. What's your favorite mini kit? I really like the Star Destroyer one. So complicated. I think it's I don't think beautiful. I caught that one. Um, I think I got like three mini. Worst kits. level though is objectively gunship cavalry. If you know, you know. I've seen people complaining about the the fight on. Uh, the lava fight. What? what oh yeah, because like I mean, what, so what, what planet is that? They, Mustafar. That Mustafar, Mustafar. They didn't really establish like, you know, depth perception in those games is not great. So you don't really know where you're jumping. You're just kind of having to guess. You have to jump on these like pits or like these little like areas above lava, but you miss them a lot. And there's this one area where you and Anakin have to like work together to jump through all these areas, and it, that is kind of difficult. The hardest one for me when I was growing up was the beginning of. I thought Anakin was trying to kill you. Why well, you yeah, but work together? well, because. It doesn't really make it okay. If you play co-op, you have to fight your friend. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's 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 super emotional. Hardest one for me was actually the first episode of Revenge of the Sith, or the first level of Revenge of the Sith where you're flying in Anakin and Obi Wan's little space fighters or mm-hmm. whatever. That's that tough. one, that one is tough. We had Jackson and I were not able to beat that until our babysitter helped us with that when we were like five. So you know, good times, good times. In the in the uh, original trilogy game, I remember the uh, episode. Or uh, being being difficult. The yes. Death Star Escape. Oh my gosh! Episode absolutely. four, chapter five. Yeah, it's, it's all those stormtroopers. It's tough. The Dagobah one. I can never get true Jedi. It's unfortunate. Um. Anyway, I suppose I suppose we can move on. Very much looking forward to that game. I, it seems amazing and like the pinnacle of Lego games as they've as it's been called. But speaking of Kenobi, Hayden Christensen said Christensen, excuse me, had this to say about working on the series. The first time that I saw Ewan as Obi-Wan again, that was a very special moment for me and one that I'll remember for a very, very long time. So it seems like it's going to be a very emotional reunion for two actors who were really good friends and have talked about their experience on the prequels together. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be watching the series. I know Davis is Star Wars doubt. Jack, I don't know how you necessarily feel about the Kenobi series. Eh, I might watch it. I might, might. I might wait till it's all out and then watch it. I don't know if I can buy in. Fair point, fair point. I don't yeah, I don't last like waiting show, week last by week. show I watched episodically was Euphoria and I kinda got burned out on that one oh too. Oh dear. So. Well yeah, that's Euphoria. I've heard it burns out a lot of people. But um that's that's fair. And speaking of more T V series, the Game of Thrones spin off House of the Dragon will officially premiere on April twenty first. So or not April twenty first. You're the August only person 21st. in the room that cares about that's Game of Thrones. That's true. When's I mean this, when's the Lord of the Rings show coming out? Uh later this in November, I want to say, or, or maybe it's August? I think it had an August premiere. It's just not an official date set. Yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of Game of Thrones out too because the last two seasons were not good. Like they they weren't. A lot of people, it's very divisive. But like, just mm-hmm. in terms of like just plot wise, it was a very rushed ending. And of course, I hope this will be interesting. But the problem is, for those who don't know, you guys don't. They're kind of putting the Targaryens in like the middle of a time that nobody really cares about. It's not when they conquer Westeros, and it's not when what. Am I go- am I going on too much of a tangent yeah, here, Davis? Go ahead. It's just it's just funny that we're just over here blankly staring at. I this. mean, I I think I, I mean, like I, if you gave me, I could give you like a lore dump on like The Last of Us or something. If exactly. We start talking about the show. Okay, so fair, I don't have an fair, issue. fair. Sorry. No, um, go ahead and explain. But it's like, just funny. so okay, so for for you guys who do not know, okay, the Targaryen. I'm just gonna explain it briefly to try and give you a concept. The guy that gets his head cut off, Sean Bean. No, no, that's unrelated. Who's so, that? 
That's that's a Stark. Lannister. Thing. No, is that, no, he's a Lannister. No, he's a Stark. He gets oh, cut. Okay. He's kind of cut off by Lannister. Anyway, so the Targaryen family, which is what this show is about, ruled the same land for like six hundred years. And there's the beginning, which is very historic, where they conquer it with dragons, which people talk about in the in the show. And then the end when they're overthrown because the last Targaryen goes crazy. Those are both very interesting plot lines, and they just kind of put the show in the middle. Who are the Targaryens? The Targaryens are the white-haired uh, oh, is of it dragons. What's her name? Amelia Clark. Yeah, what's her name? Daenerys is her yeah. name. She's a Targaryen? Yes. yes, she is. She's the last Targaryen. Well, except J- Jon Snow's also a Targaryen, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, but I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, they kind of just put it in the middle, which I mean, I'm sure it'll be interesting. It's got good creative minds behind it. George R. R. Martin's working in tandem with it. But I don't know. It's kind of the one time I didn't really care about seeing, but maybe we'll get something interesting out of it. I'm, I'm going to watch it, of course. I know and you then, will. Last four bits of news to go. We have a trailer for Top Gun Maverick. It finally had a second trailer after the first trailer has been airing in theaters for like a year now. It'll be officially coming out on May 27th, same day as the Kenobi series. Don't care. Really? Don't care. Really? Don't care about I Top thought Gun. the action sh- scenes look awesome. Who cares about Top Gun? Do you care about Top Gun? Jay? Who are the baddies in this one? Um, Russians? The friends we made along the way. Mm. Is there going to be volleyball? Uh, probably. Uh, there's going to be a reference. But there's to also that. Goose's son, played by Miles Teller. That's pretty exciting. He has a mustache. Yes, he does, to look like Goose. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you not seen the original Top Gun? No. I don't care about Top Gun. Well, Jack, do you at least care a bit? I Eight used to nine. watch the AVGM video where he played the Top Gun game. He got really mad at I've it. I've seen Top Gun twice. There you go. That's fair. I've also seen it like twice, three times. My mom loves that movie. Dangerous. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. And I think just the cast looks pretty great. But again, you know, it looks like a really good action movie. I probably will not see it in theaters, but we'll see, you know, when it comes out on one of the streaming services that we got at that point. Also, we've talked about this film a million times. Gary Oldman has joined the cast of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. This may be the greatest cast in the history of ever at this point. We'll have to see. Better than Robots. Oh, robots is have a really robots great cast. Is pretty good. That's pretty, pretty, pretty top of the line. I don't know Oppenheimer. I'm excited for this movie. I'm a bit worried because, you know, he was a super scientific man, but you know he had to rack with or had, he had to you know deal with the guilt that he felt over creating you know. You think he's the gonna have the rap verse against Thanos? No, that's not what I was saying. I'm just saying Nolan doesn't really hit the emotional <laughs> points as well as other directors. I, I, I agree with, with that. Dun- Dunkirk is a great example. That's an incredible story, and it doesn't feel. Interstellar has Interstellar. True, Interstellar. Interstellar certainly is almost the exception to the rule. Oh, I, want, I might watch Interstellar later. Honestly, yeah, I might um, watch Robots again. Stop it. I might put on Interstellar in the bullpen. That's a good idea. They were watching. We Al watched. Roker mo- plays a mailbox. We watched. We Ain't wa- no way. Jay Leno plays a fire hydrant. <laughs> oh, good lord. Terry Bradshaw's in this movie. <laughs> what? Stop it. We gotta watch Robots. We watched Moon Knight in the bullpen last week. Actually, did you guys watch the first episode of Moon Knight? You're asking the wrong people here, Buster. Well, the CGI was horrible, actually. Like, really? alarming, alarmingly hey, maybe bad. Maybe should watch it. Then. No, like, so, like, you know, I'm not a big, like, you know, CGI is not going to bring a show down multiple points. But look it up for me, Davis. If you look up Moon Knight CGI for a second, Take maybe someone will come oh, up. Oh, he's the broken arm robot. That's yeah. Funny. Oh, good Lord. Um, but, like, Moon Knight. it was actually awful. I don't know why it was so bad. There's a CGI Reddit dedicated to it. Oh, here's a, let's see if, if you can find them. Um, what what CGI like the costume? No, not the costume wasn't that bad, but like there was one where like a bunch of mercenaries were chasing our main character and like they got out of the car, but the car looked like it was CGI. I can't I can't find it. Let's see. I can't. I'll just watch the episode eventually. That's fair. That's fair. But it was like alarmingly bad. Like there was a point where mercenaries got hit by trees and the trees were clearly. I mean, obviously you're not gonna have real trees, but like it didn't it didn't look good at all in 2022. 
which just was very strange to me. Anyway, moving on. Jim Carrey has apparently retired from acting for a time. He says that he's stepping away from the profession. I don't really know why exactly. He got exposed after the, the Will Smith thing. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, for for, for not uh, being that amazing of a guy. Oh, I mean, like they, yeah, they started digging up his skeleton. Adrian Brody did the same thing to Halle Berry. If you're talking about what, I, what no. you're talking about, Jim I mean, Carrey getting, whole... the, getting the award and then kissing Alicia no. Silverstone. No, 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 no. Trust me. I did not see anything, but Way I'll take more your word than that. for it. Do your own research on it. Later. Okay, all right, fair, fair. And anybody else listening at home, you guys can do your own research as well <laughs> if you'd like, because I don't really know what happened, <laughs> but we'll talk about it at another time, I guess. And lastly, Mel Brooks is big weld. Yeah. The do- are you surfing on those dominoes? <laughs> Speaking of, oh my gosh, are y'all really just looking up the cast? JP like the big world scene. We are. It's it's pretty stacked. I'm blown away by robots. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great movie. A little on the, the nose. The month of robots. Points. Honestly, um, I used to have a robot's toy. It's the best I, best comedy ever assembled. That, what about the B movie? It's a robot joke. Yeah, you just went over your head, Davis. Like a bee. Which seems impossible because with your hair, it'd be very difficult. Yeah, to go real all the way funny. Over. Go to your next bit of news. <laughs> it was funny. Get, Any, anything get, that get annoys you is funny. It. Anyway, lastly, uh, leading into our Back to the Future discussion. Speaking of another sci-fi trilogy, Michael Bay has revealed that he initially wanted to make just three Transformers movies and said this. Steven Spielberg said, "Just stop." The studio begged me to do a fourth, and they begged me again. I should have stopped. They were fun for me. So, awesome. or fun uh, to do, excuse no me. No time to read reviews. Evidently, I mean, I think everybody's in agreement that Transformers should have stopped long before the fourth and fifth one. I don't know if you've seen them, Davis, because they're not really your kind of movie. I haven't seen them in a long time. Ah, well, there's something to watch. That's all I'm going to say about that. They certainly are. Anyway, all right, guys, it's time. What about, what about your trivia? Oh, right. The trivia question. Thank you, no. So who co-starred with Bruce Willis Samuel as a Harlem store owner in Die Hard with a Vengeance? Is it Matthew Perry? Samuel L. Jackson. Davis? Samuel L. Jackson. Thank you. You got a way to be called on, Davis. I said it like four you times. You said it while I was reading the question, but that's right. Samuel L. Jackson in Die Hard with a Vengeance. I like that movie. It also has uh, Jeremy Irons as Hans Gruber's like long-lost brother. It's crazy. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, you definitely have. <laughs> uh, but there, it's also, yeah, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, there you go. I, I I enjoyed it. Doesn't it? Doesn't I think it's worse than the first two that Davis and I talked about on the show uh, for our Christmas episode. But it's it's, oh, it's, oh, it's oh. a good movie. It, it it plays a lot of the same points as the original two. But I like it. It's it's a good end of the trilogy until they do that fourth one in like 2007. I don't know what that was. Anyway, on good to good day to die hard. Yes. No. Uh, die hard with a vent. No. Wait. Die harder. Li- live free or die hard. And then a good day to die hard was the fifth one. Is there die harder? Is that one? Yeah, that's die hard to die harder. Good hard to die day. Thank you, Jack. Wow, such poetry. Anyway, on to Back to the Future, the movie that I've never, I'd never seen until just this past weekend. We were going to start with the first one and move on to part two and part three. Gotta go back in time. Yes. Uh, Michael J. Fox stars as Marty McFly. Christopher Lloyd as Emmett. Did you know that originally Eric Stoltz starred as Marty McFly? So, in fact, that's part of the reason that, uh, according, I got some trivia on that, that the CGI in some of this film is unfinished because Michael J. Fox was initially unavailable and then Eric Stoltz filled in for the role. But then after principal of photography, Zemeckis decided that Stoltz just wasn't right for the role and went back to Michael J. Fox, which led to a delayed production and over $4 million added to the budget because they had to reshoot a lot of the scenes that they already had with Stoltz with Michael J. Fox in tow. 
And I think that was the that was the right choice. I think Michael J. Fox is perfect in this role as Marty McFly. Leah Thompson as Lorraine Baines McFly. She plays the 1955 teenager and the 1985 mother. Crispin Glover as George McFly, again, playing both of the 1955 and 1985 versions. Thomas F. Wilson as the worst man on the planet, Biff Tannen, 1955 and 1985 versions as well. And then Principal Strickland played by James Tolkien. Oh, also, yeah. singer Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the News makes a cameo. Did you catch this one, Davis? Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Oh, okay. trust me. All over it. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure you Eric did. Stoltz is in Pulp Fiction. Really? He's the he's the guy that eats the cereal. Yeah. Well, that's he's good. For, that's good. That's good for him, I suppose. Uh, and also, Claudia Wells as Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer Parker. We'll have more to say about her in the <laughs> sequel. Actually. It Shall is written be. by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis and directed by Robert Zemeckis. Alan Silvestri, who some may recognize as the composer for the Avengers films, wrote the music for this film. He has also worked with Zemeckis on The Polar Express, Castaway, Forrest Gump, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, What Lies Beneath, and Zemeckis' Big Break, and the movie we talked about just a bit earlier in trivia, Romancing the Stone. So, Robert yeah. Zemeckis was like cranking out hits. Absolutely. He made The Polar Express? He did, actually. There you go. Yes. On The Polar Express. And he and you know I got have, these scars. What the? That's not the same thing. Sell me this pen. So actually, leading into that with Romance on the Stone, and you talk about Zemeckis cranking out hits, up to this point, they were desperate for a hit and actually came up with the idea for Back to the Future in 1980, but no studio would take it because of the fact they had failed at so many films before, actually. And it's a crazy plot. And it it's is absolutely crazy. an out-of-this-world plot. And this is kind of the beginning of the sci-fi era. Outside of Star Wars and Star Trek, these types of movies were not done very often. But their idea was rejected over 40 times by studios because it was not considered, quote, raunchy enough to compete with the successful comedies of the era. Think about Animal House, yeah, for yeah, example. Sure. Think, about, think about Breakfast Club. Yeah. Even Breakfast Club is kind of Think cool. about like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Good movie. That's a, that's a fair point. And again, those... those that guy dancing, think about Risky Business. That guy dancing at the parade was just someone there dancing. Really? At Ferris Bueller, the, oh, guy, the construction worker, they... The, the director thought it was just funny, so they filmed him and put him in the movie. Well, there you go. Davis with trivia, even on a movie we're not even talking about. That's 1986. crazy. Boom. And a development- His dad was drunk. <laughs> there you go. And the development deal was secured after Romance in the Stone. And I think certainly certainly the right choice, but got to feel bad for the 40 times that it was rejected by other studios. I think you could, if like you gave that to like a business Instagram page, like the motivational business page, they could be like, they got rejected 40 times and they kept going. They made Back to the Future. Think about that. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised I haven't seen something like that, honestly. Robert that... Zemeckis' rules for success. <laughs> Absolutely. Rule number one, Eat don't breakfast. quit. Rule number two, make a cheesy rom-com just to get the studio to have faith in you for the movie that you actually want to make. Because I've seen Romance in the Stone. I mean, it's funny, but it's it's like just Indiana Jones. Who, who's in Romance in the Stone? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you almost got me. You almost got me, but you didn't. Oh, so close. You Leaky. didn't. I was I was not going to reveal. Uh, I will not reveal that until later. But anyway, moving on to other things around this film. It was released on July third in nineteen eighty five. Actually, it was brought. It was brought. It was originally pushed back after the production, but they brought it forward to give it more time in theaters after test screenings were so successful. Which makes. If sense. I saw this in theaters, I would have gone back for another. I mean, I think that's the reason they, they brought it back. Cause that's they, all you could do back then, just go see movies. Absolutely, and that mm-hmm. actually believes like something that we can talk about. Phone. It reminds me of like, you know, hearing the stories of like people going to see movies in theaters in 1997 just to get the Phantom Menace trailer. You know, like there, there wasn't really okay. another means, right? Do you think uh, if they brought back movie phone, would people use it just for the novelty? Wait, what? Movie, movie phone? 
What do you mean? Used to, since Seinfeld, oh. used to just like, you call a number to be like, movie showing today, wherever, wherever. If you didn't have a newspaper to check. No, I mean, there's apps. But I said you just, for the novelty oh. of it. I mean, every, everything reads its novelty phase. It's like record players, right? Uh, those uh, have a practical usage. I mean, yes, no, they do. But, like, I mean, the reason they're back is partly for the novelty, right? Because, I mean, there's nothing convenient about a record I player. Yeah, I like keeping 30 songs on a shelf. No, I, I mean, think, no, I, I, no, no, no. Davis, I think, Davis, you're talking to the guy who agrees with you. I'm just saying. I think cassettes are more novelty than records. Yeah, but nobody has a cassette player anymore. Give People it, do give have it cassette five players years. for the novelty. Hey, man, give it, give it five years. VHSs are going to make a comeback. You heard it here first. There's gonna be, that's pe- novelty. People like be, the blue there's screen. There's going to be some apologists, like Pe- the vinyl apologists. Look, man, people like the blue screen. I'm just telling you that right it now. It just sounds better, you know? <laughs> oh, good Lord. And this film, uh, with a running time of 106 minutes or an hour and 56 minutes, it's surprisingly short, but I guess that was the standard for that they era, They get in, get it? out. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't waste their time. It's just not, like, <laughs> I mean... Like people think about so yeah, for on. example, got all the time in the world. I got a time machine. Exactly. Oh, very nice, very nice. It's just I guess it's just interesting because like nowadays people are like, wow, um, Justice League was two hours and it was shortened for that Four reason. Hours, most most comp- I mean the, the you know what I mean the Justice yeah. League and whatnot. It's just very different I guess from an hour and fifty six minutes being the standard to everything's now two hours and twenty minutes. If it's a big movie, you don't get two hour movies anymore. And on a budget of just $19 million, the film made $388.8 million at the box office, the biggest of 1985. And do you guys know how the DeLorean was chosen? No. No. Would you Would you like? Uh, well, maybe we'll say that when we get into the we get into the film a bit a bit more. But what are some of y'all's favorite things about this no, movie? No, no, no. Oh. What do you like about it? This is your first okay. time seeing it, Buster. That's fair. It is my first time upon watching it, and I certainly will have to watch it a second time. Because, you know, I feel like the second watch is when you really know what you feel about a movie. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, Earth I, I watched I watched Avengers Earth Endgame for a second time, and let me tell you, it drastically went down. As did as did The Rise of Skywalker, as we've discussed on previous well, first episodes. first watch, I knew it was bad. First, yeah, but it got worse. I was laughing in the theater. You were, you were. It got worse. I really, really liked it. Yeah. A lot. I think, I think first of all, casting... <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is the perfect casting choice. I was in my saying opinion. that I think Michael Richards could play uh, Doc. Michael That'd be Richards. Kramer. If it was made in like the '90s, I could see it. I think. I think. I don't know. I think so. I think he had the same. I think the pro- the problem is with Kramer playing that. You're only going to see Kramer, right? The reason Christopher Lloyd plays the Doc so well is because Christopher Lloyd doesn't act like. I only of hear. Movies. I only hear Hacker when I hear Christopher Lloyd. Hacker from Cyber Chase. No, Did you never watched Cyber Chase. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. This guy had cable. I must say, David, I'm I didn't grow up. On, I didn't grow up with PBS, man. At his game with government issued television. We, I just liked it. I, I, uh-huh. I like uh, Christopher Lloyd. I think he ramps up his physical comedy in the second and third, which are better for it. So I, which I think, I think it mirrors. Yeah, for- I, I can get to my to my bigger thesis later on about how the second and third films inform the first film in a way you don't realize but i think i think we, we we can we can park it here on the first film for just a little bit because it was a standalone in its time and it's worth talking about it as such absolutely and i will say uh for what it's worth i think that honestly relates to what we talked about earlier with the jack sparrow character issue <laughs> is the idea that once a character does something even if it's not as done if it's loved they will over not overdo it but they will ramp it up we saw that with the second and third part of the Caribbean right, films and we, we di- oh my gosh that's one of my actual issues with the later movies Uh-oh. but anyway yeah I, i'm just going to spoil it right now i don't like the second and third one even uh. comparably to the first <laughs> one like at all i like the third one's awesome no nah, i i I, re- I really wow it, I, it's 
This you're one, like we're with my mom. She doesn't like the second and third. This one, one I think much. is awesome. The one thing I'll say about this movie is there's never a dull moment, which of course it makes sense an hour and fifty six minutes. But everything has me on the edge of my seat. Every scene I enjoy. I like how it leaves us to figure things out a bit. Like for example, you know, it is not stated that his mom is an alcoholic, but it's implied. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was because mo- most she's movie- drinking my vodka of choice, Popov. Because you know most most movies will state it like they'll have Marty give some exposition to his girlfriend Jennifer about his alcoholic mom, right? There's a lot of exposition. If I there had, is, but it's worse in the next ones. If I had two teen mom, why are you drinking comedies, that pop If I had two teen action comedies that came out in 1985 and six that subtly implied that the parents were alcoholics, I've had two nickels. It's weird that it happened twice. That's fair. That's Ferris Bueller <laughs> and Back to the Future. <laughs> Because he doesn't recognize Ferris. What are y'all and he's always about? carrying a bag. Oh my gosh, y'all. Please. Watch Ferris Bueller again. And think I've about seen it death. like three times. I'm not going to watch it again. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, Pirates of the Caribbean professor. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I just, I, I will say there is a lot of it, but like, think of the beginning of this movie. Like, we open with going around the docks room and everything is left up to chance. There's no, there's no direct explanation to it. Like when Marty's even plugging into the amplifier, he's not saying, I'm plugging into the amplifier that we've been working on for two weeks. Which, you think in he does fact, <laughs> to, to borrow a point from the, the John Mulaney special, it's never even explained how this 17-year-old and 80-year-old scientist are friends. And I like that. I like a movie that, that doesn't that doesn't over-explain something. I like a movie that just throws you in the middle of a plot, and I really think it does it very well. Again, we don't know exactly what Doc I mean, Brown... A potluck. We don't know what Doc needs him at the mall for until... Until the super dramatic reveal of the DeLorean backing out of the van. I think it's hilarious. The Libyans! <laughs> they found me. Then they crash into the photo photo. Booth. Well, that's at the very end, isn't it, Dibs? Yeah. Later, they crash into the photo Technically, booth. we don't we don't see it until then. I just think well, it's time, super... Well, time's a construct at this rate. It, tru- it truly is. I think it's just super, super creative. And I really I really just enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it. I think Would it you is, rewatch it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to to really get a, to really get a second opinion. For one, I think I I think I really want to see it a second time just to you know, because I spent so much time trying to figure out what was happening, you know, like trying to connect all the timeline and stuff. You know, you don't really pay attention to the critical moments as well. But I really, really, really liked it. I think again the casting was excellent. The music is so so good. So Huey Lewis, and absolutely, the news. we love Huey Lewis in the news, don't we? And then was that that during, f- during the the prom scene, you have Earth Angel, but then Earth when Angel. when uh. The the picture starts disappearing and Marty starts getting faint. Like you just get this like really irritating, like just guttural music that starts playing. It's just it's it's so visceral. Absolutely, it, it, that, makes, it makes the payoff of Earth Angel all the mo- all the more better. That reminds me, Jack, actually, of my favorite moment in the movie. Uh oh, it is it is not it is you now it's only my favorite because I think it represents this movie and what Zemeckis and Gale were going for so well. It is when Marty first goes to goes to try and convince the doc in 1955 to help him. And he shows him this photo. 55. Did I say 55? You said 85. Oh, sorry. 1955 to help him, right? He goes to the, he goes says, to the doc because he knows the doc is there. You want me to donate to the Coast Guard Auxiliary Fund? Not even that, Jack. Though that is, that is very funny. And again, also the Ronald Reagan, the actor? Because when... I'm just going to say... Vice when, President. When, that, when, when I saw that scene, I paused and I'm like, I can hear Jack saying that now. There you, you go. Would you jump ship? Oh, my gosh. If you um, want a Pepsi, you got to pay for it, bud. There you go. Oh yeah, the the that was that that was that scene was a actually that scene was a little strange because the that's, diner guy seemed so angry. I gave him the thumbs down to those two jokes where he said, "Can I have a tab?" and he said, "If you want a tab, you got to pay for something." Yeah, that scene was kind of awkward. It. it didn't really. Ta- yeah. 
I didn't get it either, Did honestly. Drink? Tab is a diet soda. Oh, it came oh. out in the 80s. Oh, see, that's thing. there's some 80s lingo that I do not know, so I'm like, okay, interesting. Wade has but, nothing to do with this, Marty. Exactly. So my, my favorite scene um, is when he when Doc's like, not believing him, so he says, here, I'm going to show you a picture. And Doc says, that's some cheap Photoshop. You got you got rid of your brother's hair. And it, they leave it. Because later on, we know that he's fading away in the photo. But that is not, he's not, wow, you're fading away in that photo. That means the time continuum, whatever. They say it. And they leave it. And I had to go back and watch it again because I just like that little detail. Because for one, to be quite honest, by comparison, it's not an element that is present as much in the second and third films as much as it is in this one, leaving these small little details. For example, why is the doc super rich in the first in, in 1955 and presumably not in 1985? Something that I wish they kind of explored a bit more. But yeah, that's a scene that I really enjoyed because it's a little detail. And again, that's also Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd doing what they do best, which is just chaotically interacting with each other, which is what, like the heart and soul of these They're movies. They're Rick and Morty. That's Yeah, that's a... Rick and Morty are inspired by Doc and Marty. That's a, that's, yeah, I mean, you can definitely see that, absolutely. And I mean, they are probably directly inspired, aren't they? Like yes. the creators have said yes, that. Yes, yeah, they okay. are. But you guys talk about it a bit, because you guys have asked me, because obviously, but you guys have seen it a billion times, so what do you guys think? This is like my mom's favorite movie. This is one of her go-tos. Really? Yeah. It's the time... This is like probably the first time travel movie I ever saw, I'd say. And I think the time travel is pretty solid. It's sim- it's simple and effectively explained. Yeah. I would agree. It's, yeah. it's like Bill and Ted's time travel, which I really enjoy as well. We got to do a Bill and Ted episode sometime. Ooh. Most I've never actually seen those movies. <laughs> most excellent. Rufus! I, I enjoy I enjoy that it... Um, excuse me. I enjoy that it, it, uh, it takes you back to like the... 80s perception of the 50s in a way yeah. that, in a way that is not trying to be a period piece like it's it's takes you back to the romantic memory of the 50s I would say absolutely in and and with comedy along the way as well so I, I I enjoy that aspect of it I think like the the costuming is very well done like it, it really like the way that Hill Valley is so similar yet so different with the 30 years that pass really is it, it's great on a rewatch the more times you watch it the more just subtle differences you notice between like the texaco station or the high school and like it's the same sets but they just completely redress them and i think you can have so much fun with that as a director but i think zemeckis just really leaned into that and uh i think you you see that a lot more in the second movie which we can get to but i think in this movie it, it does a great job of uh like genuine problems you would run into uh, if if you traveled thirty years back in the future, like just casually mentioning John F. Kennedy Boulevard, and they saying, you know, who's John F. Kennedy? Exactly, yeah, th- like th- that. That's it. Feels so real. I I agree. I think I think that those are great points as well. I think also it, it you know it tackles the kind of issue that I think makes this movie really stand out is the fact that it is a movie about time travel and about getting back. So how do you create a villain? Well, they make Biff the worst character in the history of the planet. Mm-hmm. I like, love Biff. We like. What? Like the actor that plays Biff is awesome. Okay, sure. Because Biff's just funny. Like, fly. He, he's he, low. Fly. Like, okay, okay. But, like, legitimately, he's like a dumb, stupid bully that makes, like, make like a tree and get out of here. Mm-hmm. Which. He's hilarious. Like, he's dumb. But then he totally assaults Lorraine at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, he's disgusting. And I think You're the fact that. You're supposed to hate him. Exactly. I think it takes a lot of skill to make a background antagonist so evil and so dislikable because you want to see him fail because at the end of the day again it's about trying to get back that's the main crux of the movie the villain almost doesn't really relate to that 
at all. And the fact that they're able to seamlessly put him in the middle of the story and make him so evil and so easily hateable is really one of the strengths of the movie because most films kind of fail to create an antagonist when the plot doesn't really require one. Because the movie doesn't require one. You could just leave it be. You could just make it George and Lorraine trying to get together without Biff. But you throw in Biff and it adds a lot more to that movie. And I think it also adds a cool 20 minutes because without it, probably an hour and 30 minute yeah, movie at that and, point. And it makes the... Like on a rewatch, it makes the beginning scene better with, with Biff and George. Absolutely, Contrasting yeah. it with the end scene. And then you have the situation where not only did Marty make it out without like saving himself and not causing a time paradox, he inadvertently like improved his parents' life and his life by extension. Exactly. And I will say, I do think, um, you mentioned it as well, Davis, and, I've, and I'm thinking back through it. Even though the start, it does start very well, a lot of the dialogue does get exposition heavy and clunky. Like, for example the line that made me roll my eyes was George saying, no one on this earth could convince me to ask Lorraine out. And he's like, but if I'm an alien, that that's, sorry, that's dumb. That's uh, dumb. You just be, 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 <laughs> be I didn't more, even notice that Be one. more careful in the future. So the, the exposition swap police is coming in. What? The exposition swap police is coming in. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm somehow not understanding what you're saying, but maybe that's because I'm... The exposition police. Oh, oh, okay. And the exposition SWAT team. Yeah. It's oh, gonna come okay. It's an elevated gotcha. threat level. I got you, I got you. Sorry, so, I'm, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little little behind over another, here. Another small detail that you, you just... It, it makes you wonder. It's not explicitly in the movie, but uh, just what the perception, like, that... Because uh, Mar- Marty, like, obviously, he's like a dumb kid. He's, like, not trying... He's trying to be... Not trying to be subtle at all. So he's going around acting like he's from 1985 in 1955 and i just like you wonder what the people's perception is of him because you have the scene where him and george are walking around he grabs a coke tries to twist it off and he hurts his hand and then george just takes it out of his hand and opens it on a bottle opener like what does george think about marty there like it's just it's it's unspoken details like that that really make it like click and it's really realistic i think in the way that uh, someone who isn't very conscious about their surroundings would respond to going back 30 years in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it gets a little a little old with him uh, like constantly messing up his name. I get that it's his name, but I feel like at a certain point you've got to be like, all right, I'm undercover. Let's. So that, but I, I agree with you absolutely. I think those yeah. unspoken details are really what makes I'm it what makes it Darth stand Vader out. From the planet Vulcan. Now that was I, I like that. That was funny. And then of course you also got to add a little live long and prosper. How do y'all think y'all would fare in the '90s if we went back 30 years? Which is crazy to think that the '90s are only 30 years. Wow. I can make it. I think I could. I'd say, did you guys watch the Bulls game? I'd just be like Seinfeld. I'm a big Michael yeah. Jordan fan. When Susan dies, and everybody's like, "What?" Well, <laughs> I've seen like every 1990s action film, so I think I'd I'd fit in very okay, well. Okay, if we put back 80s, I think it might be might be some issues there. I, I think so. I think that because the 80s is the one of the craziest like decades in terms of just how the culture shifted so much from like 1981 to 19 or to 1989. You don't really see that. It's morning in, in America. Any other decade. There you go. It's more it's more consistent, but with that, I mean, you go from like hard rocker leather jackets to neon in like the span of three years, essentially. And it's, I mean, it would have been a bit of a culture shock, I think, for any of us. I I, oh, go ahead. I think this movie's probably one of the biggest inspiration for time travel movies. Absolutely, ever. Like you've got the Zemeckis cube in Ready Player One, which is a Rubik's cube that turns back time. Awesome. That that's 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 and of course he drives a DeLorean in that that's a bit thumbs more thumbs down on Ready's Player One for me thumbs down as well maybe we'll talk about that movie some other Ugh. time but I I really really enjoyed this and I think it really hits a lot of the finer points it's beautifully shot and directed I think honestly as a, as a music guy my favorite scene is all the build up music as he they're, they're trying to go what back what do you think of it's your cousin Marvin Barry 
Oh, oh, yeah, okay, that, yeah, that, that, I actually didn't pick up on that initially, but that, that was, that was really I think, funny. Yeah, Johnny B. Good's a great set piece. He plays it so yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that reminds me of another detail that I really like is when they get Marty out of the, out of the trunk and the, the guy cuts his hand. I thought that was like an actual genuine mistake that they just left in the movie. But then it goes back and that's how he has Check to end up on stage. Mm-hmm. I think, again, that's. That's he doesn't say, "Oh, I cut my hand. How am I gonna play later on?" He just says, "Ow, I cut my hand," and that's the end of the scene. I that's, can't play guitar now. Exactly, that would have been a lot worse. But instead, he just says it, and then they leave it. Hey, did I, you talk to your cousin Chuck Barry earlier? <laughs> exactly, like that would that would have been that would have been worse, right? Instead, he just sort I of, hear he's been looking Chuck for a doing? new sound. <laughs> I think I think I think doing it on the phone call was just a bit smoother than what it honestly could have been. To be honest, it still was a bit, you know. Hey, it's your cousin, Ma- as you said, he very well. That, he goes that, like, "Who?" That's necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's it's implied that. And what if he goes like, "Hey, Chuck." Hey. But then uh, you hey, have Chuck the, Berry. You can tell that his name is Johnny Marvin Berry because of his the the band name. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that too. I, I recognize that so as well. It could have been like a fun fact, and then you would have been like, "Oh, what really?" Yeah, yeah, I I, I recognize that as well. Uh, yes. I think it was on the drum. Um, wow. But no way. Yeah, I just I, one of my favorite scenes, just music wise, is when all the build up music is happening as the DeLorean is driving to try and, and Doc's trying to connect the cable. It's so stressful. And then and then the second he leaves, the music cuts out completely, and it's just silence as goes, Doc is looking around. I think that is just because we've talked about it before, Davis, with Spider Man Two. Some of the best moments are when they cut out the music at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Like just every time, it's excellent. And this music is awesome. Not nominated for an Academy Award, by the way, which is. Absurd. As a matter of fact, let me look up who was nominated in Best Original Score right now. You got to remember who votes for these things. It's like the Cy Young. That's a very that's so that's true. A, that's a good point. It was nominated for four Oscars though. Court of Public Opinion. Best Sound Editing. No, it would it would have been that. But well, no. Academy Award for Best Sound. Back editing. to the Future should not win Best Sound Editing, considering how many lines are clearly ADR. Well, it got. Oh it, yeah, so. there's a lot. Of, you mean a yeah. lot of dubbed in lines? Yes. That's what yes, ADR absolutely. Means. That's what the D stands I, for. I did not know what that actually. What is A and R? Audio dub redub. It's an iterative process. <laughs> oh, good lord! All right, so let's see. I'm looking at the 58. So let me let me say this first. They were not. The film was nominated for alternative said, dispute resolution. Four Academy Awards, as nope, I had mentioned. That's, that's it was nominated again. Best sound effects editing, which it won. Best original screenplay, best sound, and best original song for the Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the yeah. News. Oh, yeah. get back, Marty! You like Huey Lewis in the News? Automated dialogue Let's replacement, see. not alternative dispute resolution, which is a Department of Labor term. The Let's D stands Paul for DeLorean. What? Drop the donuts. Um. <laughs> anyway, so let's see. The best original score at the time went to Out of Africa by John Barry. I haven't even seen that movie. Out of even, Africa? I've never even heard of any of these movies. Wow. Okay, well, they, they should, they should, well, Back to the Future should have been nominated. That's, that's a little ridiculous. Um, and I just, I really like, um, just how the film ties everything up and ends, and I like the fact that it kind of leaves it open. But the question is, you know, this is kind of relates to the the sequel more so, and we can talk about this a bit later. Do you feel that how it fixes his life is a good thing? I don't have an issue with it. I mean, what's the message of the movie? Go back in time so you can get a nice truck? That you shouldn't assault people? Well, okay, yeah, obviously. Biff got his comeuppance. B- Biff deserves his comeuppance, but, I mean, at a certain point... The movie ends with George treating Biff like Biff treated George. Hmm. Hmm. Is that is that a, is that the right way? Now make no mistake about it, Biff is evil. He deserves whatever is coming to that guy because I don't like him. But at what point is that? He's not. 
I, I don't. I wouldn't. It's. I think it's reductive to say that it just flips their roles. I think true because he doesn't wreck his car. But I mean, he's he, not bullying him. He's just. I mean, he paid him for two coats of wax, so he's just making sure he did it. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. I don't know. It's, it right. is only a snapshot scene, so I guess that's fair. You let's, know, you don't really see the whole let's thing. Let's play. Did Alex notice this small detail? Oh yes. In the ask movie? me. So so the name of the mall, right? Oh. Right. It's uh. What's what's the name of the mall again? Dual Pines. Twin Pines. Twin Pines. My bad. As in, as in, no, uh, no, not Twin Peaks. Okay, so, but anyway, what, what am I noticing about so that then? When Marty runs over, he says, "Maybe the Twin Pines Mall." He runs by the sign. It says Twin Pines Mall. Mm-hmm. When Marty goes back to 1955, when the scarecrow lands on his car, as he's peeling out of Old Man's Farm, he runs over a pine tree next to another pine tree. At the end of the movie, when he goes back to save Doc Brown, it now is Lone Pine Mall. Okay, that's awesome. There you go. Yeah, baby. Ah, there yes. we go. See, that, that happens also in two and three, stuff like that. Ooh, I oh, man. Eastwood Gorge. No, no, no. Don't don't get ahead of yourself. Don't. Yeah, Davis. Uh, We're not there the, yet. And this We're movie, uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, George is drinking a Miller Light, but at the end of the movie, he's drinking a Miller High Life. Why? Why? Why would that be? Because he's got more money. Oh, he can. Live the, he can. Uh, By the way, the Miller sponsorship was was heavy. Yeah, Miller Texaco. I I, I do this, and you only got a light beer. <laughs> Did someone say light beer? And then, of course, Marty's first step in Only one more calorie. High Life truck. Only one more calorie than Michelob. Ev- True. Ev- evidently. Well, I, I love that detail. Those those details. That's also, the big one. So, are, so, okay, here's a question, guys, actually, uh, just about the film. Are we supposed to assume that Doc was always wearing a bulletproof vest? Yes. Because due to the paradox, yes. he would always have that letter. Yes. Mm-hmm. But was it always so, Lone Pine Mall? So is that why he and Marty are friends? I could see that. Because yeah. Doc goes looking for him in 1985. But here's the thing. In time travel paradoxes, there's, there can also be the first cause. True. The first time that happens, and then it keeps looping forever. But do we believe we're in that first cause? Do we believe the paradox has already occurred? I think it's first cause. Interesting. Because notably, when he gets shot, there is no blood whatsoever. In fact, it shoots and it's just little black dots. I don't dots. think you see any blood in this movie. Don't you? Maybe no, when he cuts his it's hand. It's like squibs. You don't even see that. It's too dark. Okay, fair. Um, fair. This, is some, this is something I've heard, but I, I, don't, know, I don't know too much about it because I'm not a, a, a music theorist. But uh, when, when Marty gives the, the band instructions on how to keep up with him and Johnny B. Good, the drummer is just kind of playing like a swinging jazz line because he doesn't really know how to do rock and roll drums yet. So he's not doing like the hi-hat mm-hmm. kick drum stuff. So he's just doing the... Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. That's pretty funny. So if you go back and pretty watch cool. the Johnny B. Good scene, it's pretty. It's pretty funny how the band is like in awestruck of they're just trying their best to do the backing track, and he's and like, they continue to do the 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 swing underneath them when he's doing the Van Halen amp kick. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and of course you guys aren't ready for that, but your kids are gonna love it. I love that line. It's a good one. What Davis? That was gonna be the outro. I still, <sighs> still, oh, what you don't have to spoil you it. Have to spoil it. What? Okay, you know what? Cut I'm gonna cut that go, out. Go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I really like the line. At the <laughs> I think oh, we'll I got le- all the time in the world. I think we'll I got le- a podcast. <laughs> I think we'll leave this in, but you still do the outro like that, Davis. Uh, last last bits of uh, fun facts about this movie, and then I think we can move on. So Zemeckis suggested the DeLorean. Why do you guys think he suggested that? Because it looks cool. Exactly, because it offered mobility, its unique design, and the gullwing doors would appear like an alien UFO to a 1950s family. However, the what? 
Oh, go ahead. The Ford Motor Company offered $75,000 to the film to use a Ford Mustang instead. $75,000? I mean, you can't even buy a Ford Mustang for that. Okay, use, it, use, infl- use an inflation calculator on 1985, please. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying that $75,000 cost $4 million like, to put Marty McFly in this movie. I think they could afford not spending $75,000 on a T-Bird. That's true. That's true. However, um, it was suggested to use that, and then Bob Gill replies, quote, Doc Brown doesn't drive an expletive Mustang. Boom. Now that is awesome. the mic drop. He does moment. in the third movie. Boom. Boom. Um, Boom. So the Dude. a DeLorean Holt. was not a very fast car. No. It could not, not at routinely all. get up to 90 miles an hour. So the speedometer present on the DeLorean's dashboard is not factory issued. Doc had to put it there. Ah. Boom. Another great detail. I love it. I love it. And also this film received four Golden Globe nominations, Best Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical, Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical, Best Original Song, and Best Screenplay. Did not win any, though, which is unfortunate. It's a shame. I don't know how the Huey Lewis song doesn't win Best Original Song. It's awesome. Get back, go Marty. go back in time. Well, no, it's, it's not that one. Yeah, it was Power of Love. Yeah, Power Power of Love is hey, the one. don't need a credit card to ride this we, train. We have a podcast. We got all the time in the world. We, we have... We have <laughs> How many times is that joke going to be repeated? It's our third time. Evidently. All right, so is there anything else you guys want to say about this movie before we move on to Back to the Future Part 2? Uh, Any other quotes? The mayor in 1955 is the, is the the bomb on the street in 1985. That's true. When Wait. he gets back and the guy that's sleeping on the... Oh, really? Yeah. That's the guy that, that's the guy that has the, the car with the, the speaker on it. He's like red oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Again, I think it's just mayor. It's, it's a t- I like the sound of it's that. It's a timeless I'm clean up this town. It's a timeless you classic. You start with the floor. <laughs> Hilarious. And I think I think it'll stand the test of time because it was you know kind of the first yeah, of its kind. Something I think about with the, with these movies like not winning awards is how, how this was perceived initially. Because like obviously you can't think of a legacy in in the in in the instant. So. Um, I mean, I don't know. We they, were talking about that today in class, actually. A lot of movies, you know, they, you gotta, they grow you know, with time. I mean, we have like 40 years of hindsight on this piece. I feel like this was kind of had a zeitgeist. That's not the right word. It had a, it had a, sen- it was a sensation at the time. It was. I mean, it was the highest grossing film in 1985, which, I mean, it, it you know, it hung out there yeah. with the likes of Star Wars, which were movies that, you know, made even more you gotta money. You got to think about like what kind of stuffed shirt people are running the Academy. It's true. That still run the academy. And again, I mean, you know, it's Michael J. Fox who is not very well known. Christopher Lloyd in a role that he was not traditionally doing. Robert Zemeckis who was also not very well known, and it still was a box office hit. I think that tells you, you know, because it wasn't like Morbius. It wasn't like the third film in a, the most popular trilogy of all time, like Return of the Jedi. It was, you know, it was the first film done by a relatively unknown group, and it totally succeeded. But anyways, now it's time to move on to Back to the Future Part Two. A lot of the same cast. Oh to the yeah. Future. A lot of the same cast returns, except two big casting lists, but I think I want to talk about right now because it's very interesting. Oh, yeah, it's it's great because it ties into the scene that bookends these two films. Yes, exactly. And I will say I do like how they reshot the ending. Most films would just have... It's like shot for shot. They would have, like... It is, and... I feel no, like if you overlayed it, like, you would not be able to George tell the difference. Did you notice any differences? Because there is one, a very big one, actually. It's, it's a, a different, different girl. girl. No, 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 obviously. I'll get to that. But when... When Marty asks Doc how they are in the future, he hesitates. Where in the first film, he says, you guys are fine, it's your kids. In this one, he pauses for like two seconds, but just enough to say... Yeah, because like they're fine, but like but they their, aren't li- their really. life's pretty crummy. Their, their life is not great. Um, so this movie stars, again, most of the same cast, and then Elizabeth Shue as Jennifer Parker. So Claudia Wells, who played Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer Parker, in the first film, actually planned to re- reprise her role, 
but turned it down due to personal reasons and left acting for 23 years, actually. she was. This was her first feature film debut, and she did not return until 2008. So therefore, that led to reshooting all of the scenes. And again, it's a near shot for shot thing, except Marty has a watch in the in the second film where he did not in the first oh, film. No and way. Then, and then Doc does hesitate, which again is the most noticeable difference. And of course, the where we're going, we don't need roads. I like the delivery more in the first film roads. than in the second one. Where we're going, we don't need any roads. roads. We don't need any more engineers. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> was that Alex who just said well, that? Right now, did you just say that? No, that uh, was me. That was the sound. No way. Yes way. Ain't no way. Yes way. We didn't run out of fission. What did we if, run out of, Jack? Uh, the flux capacitor obedient is the pearl. Kids. Then the DeLorean. <laughs> the flux capacitor is the pearl inside. There yeah, you, 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 I, you, I said, you said the pearl and the pearl. It, it was just the um, idea of the it. Black pearl. Your mom said she does, your mom <laughs> yes. does not really like Back to the Future. Interesting. Interesting. Ask her why. Maybe maybe, maybe get some, ex- some yeah, expansion talk from Talk to uh, Alex's mother more. Alex, why don't you talk to your mother? I do talk. You got that picture of me from somewhere. <laughs> Did you show Jack that photo? It's terrible. <laughs> terrible photo. I know my mother sent it to you. She has nothing but embarrassing photos of me everywhere. Why don't you just check her Instagram a few times? Did she post it? <laughs> Did I miss this? We sleep, have you, have we, you see, we sleep in May, Have you Alex. seen this photo, Jack? This, anything can happen in March. <laughs> Why are you making that face? Hey, man, March Madness was crazy. Oh. What a good time. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Elizabeth Shue was in the role as Jennifer Parker. I'll give my opinion on her a bit later. I personally thought she did not have as much chemistry with Mar- with Marty and Michael J. Fox. She's asleep through half of well, it. Well, I mean, yeah, but even the scenes that she did, she goes, oh. Anyway. My mom did see this in theaters, by the way, the first ah. one she said. Oh, just the first one? Uh, the others, too? Because I feel like you're gonna have to, right? I mean, it's such a it's such a big event, and again, you don't see them. Well, I'm gonna see not, Morbius two in theaters. Morbius two. I'm just some of okay. the Morbius. It, uh, Morbius it. nineteen. Oh my gosh, um, I loved that joke. COB, this time it's really because you know you know that's making a joke specifically about Jaws four, right? Tell me more. So do do you not? No, it's really really. Have you guys not have you guys not seen Jaws four? No. So in Jaws four, um, this is just gonna jump ahead to that joke, which is why it's hilarious. In Jaws four, um, wait. Are you sure you want to do this? Because jokes aren't as funny when you explain them. Actually, they're funnier when you explain them. So no, because the fact is, you think it's like, oh, it's just a funny joke because there were so many Jaws movies. But legitimately, in Jaws 4, if I can, if I can pull up um, this right now, which came out in 1987, so two years before this. In Jaws 4, Lorraine Gray is back as Ellen Brody. And the shark in Jaws 4 is the same shark from the end of Jaws 1 that is out to hunt them. I'm not kidding. That is the plot of the movie. Okay. Terrible. Worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Is he is he cybernetic? No. Oh wait, no. It's not. It's not the first. It's the shark's child that is bound for revenge. How does he know? Exactly, because it's a terrible movie. Anyway, I, I, sharks I, talk. No. How do they? Um, what do they say? What do they sound like? Exactly. You can't perceive oh, them. Okay. Okay. They're like elephants. So, they talk out of our frequencies. All right. They do not. Elephants talk too low for us to hear. I'm talking about sharks. Well, I'm talking about elephants to make yeah, it make sense pick. to you. Uh? <laughs> you ever try to talk to your friend? Should we get a goalpost moving south? You ever try to talk to your friend in the pool? Can't hear him. Yeah, you can. You can hear That's what sharks are doing. I have never heard a shark sound. How close you been to a shark? Close. Davis, are you, you not? Are you not? Are you? Are you denying that animals can communicate? I think they communicate. I just don't think sharks do. I think sharks hold grudges. Sharks so, can't make any noise. Is the oh first gosh. byline. You can still communicate. They have like electric, they don't do sign. They have electricity like- in their noses. 
Where did this come from all of a sudden? They y'all. can communicate. Y'all. They use body language to communicate. Y'all. <laughs> so uh, Michael Peter nope, Balzari, not... who you may know as Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, plays Needles. He does? Needles. Oh. Du- Douglas Needles. My mom awesome. did see the others in theater. Ah, okay, okay. So speaking of that, I wonder if your mom noticed the fact that George McFly is not played by Crispin Glover in this movie. Did you? Did either of you notice? He was this? hanging upside down. Yeah, well, they, that's they exactly did it to, why. Just to fool you. So <laughs> Jeffrey Wiseman actually plays as George McFly because I'm gonna I'm just gonna go into a bit detail on this because it's actually very important in terms of the history of film. This this scenario. So Crispin Glover was asked to reprise the role of George McFly and expressed interest, but could not come to an agreement with producers regarding his salary. He stated in a 1992 interview with Howard Stern that the producer's highest offer was 125000 which was less than half of what other returning cast members were offered. And writer Bob Gale has since said that Glover's demands were excessive for an actor of his professional stature at the time, which is a bit of a roast. That's, that's unfortunate. And then later on in an interview with Opie and Anthony's show in 2013, Glover stated that his reason, for, a primary reason for not doing part two was a philosophical disagreement. He doesn't believe in time travel. Mm. On the film's message, Glover felt the story rewarded the, ca- rewarded, excuse me, the characters with financial gains such as Marty's truck rather than love. Mm. Which yes. seems, like a bit of, seems like a bit of a retroactive, this is why I left, not because he overestimated his, his professional value. And rather than Glover write, would have been like Will Smith in Django. Who'd hey, like, I want to be more about the love. You need to re- tell, remind Chris that you don't need money or fame or a credit card to ride this particular train. Which, yeah, I'm about to say, it does, it does seem a bit ironic, doesn't it? How like can the you message say is, the message wasn't there when the theme song's literally the power of love? Don't need no credit card. Fair, fair point. I mean, we I brought it up, though. It, I mean... I that, always get Crispin Glover mixed up with Cillian Murphy. It was his reward for doing a good deed. <laughs> I, I'm not even lying to you. Fair, but I mean, the good deed he caused there. You know, he, he, caused, he caused the issue that leads him to do the good deed in the first one. But anyway, that's another debate. By the way, though... <laughs> the scenes with his mom going after him is crazy. That's that the girl point. grabbing his thigh and stuff. I was freaking out. That was hilarious. Anyway, sorry, moving on. Um, so rather than write George out of the film, Zemeckis used previously filmed footage of Glover from the first film, as well as new footage of actor Jeffrey Wiseman, who wore prosthetics using a false chin, nose, and cheekbones to resemble Glover. It's like Ocean's 13. It is. Absolutely. Where's I mean, the see nose? them. Have we done an Oceans episode? We haven't. Yet? Maybe one oh, of these That's a days. trilogy. Uh oh. Uh oh. You're gonna have to come back I next love year, Jack. Oceans movies. You're gonna have to come come back on the podcast next year, despite your graduation. I'll drop in. Do it. Glover filed a lawsuit against the producers of the film on the grounds that they neither owned his likeness nor had permission to use it. And as a result of the suit, there are now clauses in the Screen Actors Guild collective bargaining agreement saying that producers and actors are not allowed to use such methods to reproduce the likeness of other actors. This is a very important case, but it is very deliberate. I mean, they hang him upside down the whole time he's in the movie, which is like very absurd. But moving on, Harry Waters, wait, as Marvin Berry again? Oh yeah, that's right. And the cousin. Exactly. Yes. And it was written only by Bob Gale, no written by not written by Zemeckis. He just directed and Alvin Silvestri composed the music once again. It premiered not in the summer like the first one, but in November 22nd. 1989. It's the Ooh. shortest of the three films little, at 108 minutes. Special. Exactly. It's going to be a fun time. And it's the shortest at only an hour and 48 minutes. And on a budget of 40 million, the sequel made 332.5 so million. It came out in November 89? Yes, it okay. did. Okay. Exactly. My mom says she does, or she can't remember, but everyone liked the first movie, but not as much in the others. Yeah. And the other one has grown over time based on what I read and the fact that people have started to awesome. like it a bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it, so good. It made that $300 million Back in time at the same time, it all plays together. Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, 
Bob Gale claims the movie received that mixed re- reception because of the dark aspect of the stories. The audience was surprised by it. The whole 1985A, which is the other timeline, we don't place the audience was not ready to go. I don't know if that's really why people don't like it. That's not why I don't like it. But anyway. That's why, why I don't you like it? it? Let's, see, let's see why you don't like it. Are you it. sure? All right. So well, You're going to have to eventually. So um, I thought it was just a lot weaker. I thought it retreaded a lot of the same points from the first film. I think, Davis, it has your least favorite trope in history, which is the, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? Like six times. When? There's, where's Biff, Doc? I can't find Biff. Oh my gosh, I have no idea where he is. And Biff is directly behind him. Directly. This is different than then, a Marvel movie. And then Doc says, remember Marty, whatever you do, do not run into your past self as past Doc Brown is right behind him. That's called dramatic irony. No, <laughs> the bit is retread four times. It doesn't I think matter. It's three quarters. Oh my gosh. I just, Maybe we'll meet again. Let me hand you this spanner from behind this light pole. <laughs> did you notice that? Did you notice when young Biff threw the almanac back to old Biff across the car? Yes. The really bad the rotoscoping? Wait, what about it? what about it exactly? What do well, you mean? Well, it crosses the center line, so you can't hand the same prop yeah. to yourself. So it's like just, it's oh like 1989 CGI thrown. Oh across wait, the I car. did see that because it kind of. Oh yeah. Okay, because I was it like, looks it looks so crazy. weird. It looks, it looks like looks it's from the so Muppets. awful. You know what else looked bad is when Biff's or not Biff Griff's crew jumped on their hoverboards yes, and that like does look bad. that that I think that's I think that's the terrible. worst CGI in the entire trilogy. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. The train looks pretty bad at the end of the third film at certain points, <laughs> admittedly. Yeah, yeah, I just... I'm usually I, asleep by that point. Uh, so, Jack, you're not a fan of the third one. Uh, anyway. it, it drags. All right, uh, so I, yeah. think, I think what's worth mentioning about the second film is that it's, it's tied right into the third film. They were filmed at the same time, and that's how they were able to uh, release them so close to each other. Exactly. Like, like you said, this came out in November, and then Back to the Future 3 comes out. Like in- six months later. <laughs> oh my Wait, now we're watching the, the almanac flip. Whoop. Oh my, I did. <laughs> it doesn't even look like Biff throws it. It looks like that's a fake hand. That's horrible. Maybe, that's maybe terrible. they like, they, the, it, it, it crosses the line without them realizing that they didn't have the, the right. I think sh- that is actually his hand. He it just looks, like didn't have the right. That, it's like that one, is awful. It's like one frame. That is terrible. Um, Sorry, so, Jack, you may go on. Yeah, it released six months after. We've never seen anything really like that. The yeah. Only, and the comparison I, is I think it, uh, it's. Knowing that and watching these films, it is so clear. It's these second and third are so different from the first one that it makes so much sense. And they establish so much, and they really try to back inform a lot of what happens in the first movie by using the second movie because they go back to the first movie. Yeah. So it, it's almost as if the the first movie is like a prequel almost because you're redoing this whole story. Uh, you just have to know a few key points from the first movie because you retread almost the entire first movie with the second movie. And I really like that because it, it's, first of all, it sets up some really good comedy, like the whole, like, uh, Marty sliding under the car. So, like, in the first movie, that's technically happening. You just don't see it because it's out of frame. So that that's really great. But I think uh, they, they try to establish a lot of things in the second and third movie to make it a cohesive three movie. It's kind of like what they had to do in Pirates of the Caribbean, where you, yeah. kind, of, you kind of have to, you run out of, you're trying to make a trilogy in two movies, and you're pulling parts of the first movie and sticking it into the second and third movies in order the to make it. Absolutely. So, I think, yeah, I think, that's a I, I, I think it's just of worth note, because I think it's one of the only, only times you have a second and third movie being filmed at the same time and released almost back to back, back to back to the future, uh, oh. 
after, I mean, and four or five years after the first movie came out. Absolutely. I just think it's it's very unique and worth mentioning. The, the I'm only, sorry, it's no, unique and worth mentioning. The only real comparison that I said was Pirates of the Caribbean, which filmed those back-to-back, and they released 11 months apart. We've never, I don't think I've ever seen two movies released within six months of each other, ever. Yeah, as the, far the as closest I know, thing are, I can think of is when you had, this is kind of related, you had the... The Last Jedi come out, and then five months later, you had Solo come out. Right, right, yeah, that and that's that. We saw how that oversaturated the whole thing, but that's mm-hmm. a whole other other debate. Thanks, China. I again, I I don't di- I don't really dislike it so much. Just by comparison, I just I do not like it compared to the first movie at all. I think it's the exposition heavy is even worse in this one. There's way too much exposition. There's a lot of retreading the old like bits and old lines. I think a lot of the scenes kind of drag. I think the scene to get the almanac drags way too long. Not to mention it doesn't make any sense, by the way, because one thing I one trope I really don't like is you guys know what I'm talking about where a character will open a door and he'll see somebody and he'll look really shocked and will cut to black and then the next episode you learn it's just like his dad. Right? It's like what what's the what's the you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like what's what's the point? So in this one, the principal takes the almanac and says, Sports reading, this is a little homework for you. But then it's the Ooh La La magazine later, so why would he say that? Magician. It, it, does, it just doesn't make no, sense. No, he sees the cover, and he knows he's trying to hide the, but, the Ooh La La, so he goes, but then he's reading, this is very sporty of you, Biff. I, no, I, I thought, okay. That's go. how I take it. That's fair. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it again. I've only seen one time. One thing I like about the sequels in particular is how they get the same actors to play their like ancestors and or offspring. Which I think is pretty funny because usually they just like get someone that kind of looks like them, but it's just them in makeup, which I think is pretty funny. Interesting. I, I, think, I don't know. It, it makes it a lot funnier. Yeah, is what I'll say. Fair. He was I, always bald. <laughs> that's a fair. That's a fair I, point. I don't know why. I, le- I don't know why I delivered it like it was a Seinfeld line. <laughs> I also I'll, I also love when they go bald. to the 1985 alternate timeline. Oh, for one, I love the fact that in any alternate timeline, Richard Nixon is always making a grab for power. He's like the... F- oh, he's, he's running for his fifth term and seeking to end the Vietnam War in 1985. He, he's in his fifth term doing that exact same thing in oh, the yeah. Watchmen movie. A, a great thing is that... Uh, all right, plenty of details I could get to. I could, sp- I could spend another hour talking the, about fun they, details. They like, in five. No, 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 not that. In, <laughs> what? In, uh, in, That's in good 1985, uh, Mar- the, where Marty and Doc have the little scuffle about the, the almanac... Is in front of a poster, a travel, <coughs> a travel poster advertising to surf Vietnam, like Vietnam's a travel destination oh. in 2015. Oh, okay, yeah, you said 1985, but you meant 2015. Yes, yeah, and then, uh, and then in in the bad 1985, you have the newspaper article about Nixon seeking a fifth term, seeking to end the Vietnam War <laughs> in 1985. So it, it it's uh it's always something. A, a nice bit of satire. I agree. The details are always there. I just I just felt like the dialogue was a lot weaker. It retread a lot. I thought the whole one of the scenes that didn't make any sense was Marty yelling into his walkie-talkie in the back of Biff's car, and Biff's like, "What's that?" Uh, I can live with that. Cars were loud. Cars were very loud. You ever been in like an old car? But I mean, Davis, he's two feet have, from no, it. No, have you ever been in like one of those old cars? No. You cannot hear yourself. You like Jen, you can hardly okay. hear someone All right. Top was down, I'll buy it. Yeah. I've okay. been in my uncle's Mustang, like 64 I, Mustang. I can, uh, cannot hear each other talk. I can build a suspension bridge of disbelief and get over it. Yeah, okay, all right, all right, fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that. I'll concede that. I, just, I don't know. I, I, I get, I'm a sucker for I, travel movies where like, their their now selves are in the same time as their past selves running around. Oh no, oh, I, yeah. I like that. Trying I, to avoid each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really. Cool. And then Marty opens the door and hits other Marty. Yeah, oh, I love that. Classic. I really, I really liked that as well. I, I did, I did. I really liked all that points. I thought the alternate timeline I was incredibly dark and awesome. I 
didn't really get, and you, we talked about this. You already talked about this, Jack. Because you know they have to do two, three, two um uh, or three films worth of stuff in two films. The introduction of Biff's obsession with Lorraine, because mm-hmm. there there was none in in um the first film, oh, like at all. Yeah, and Don't they even... like introduced this like, and it's you know it's it's that one scene it's where it's necessary to make it personal for Mark. It is, it is absolutely. And I'm glad that it just felt kind of like out of place a bit. But I I, I like the scene when they did it because he again basically assaults Lorraine for the second time, and I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. please stop. Why? He's Why are you a so pretty, awful? Pretty, wearing a pretty cool shirt in that scene, I must say. I don't, I don't recall this it's shirt. It's like a tiki but... shirt. Hmm, okay. Tiki, uh, tiki. I'll take a word wardrobe, once again. Fabulous in all three of these films. Absolutely. Uh, especially the double tie and the clear tie from the future. Yes, the costumes are awesome. Um, That's why I've been yes, so long My, my critique of the second movie and third movie, to, to a lesser extent, but um, re- on rewatching, it, it's something you can't really remember because... When you remember things, you're not thinking of it narratively or right. in an ironic way, like in a dr- drama term, ironic, not not comedy, but right. uh, you're thinking about it not point by point. But the exposition in the second film is is very it's it's a little hard for me to get through sometimes. It's brutal. It's a lot of it. I mean, obviously, I know the plot, so I understand it already. I I don't need it to be explained to me, which is not fair looking back on it for the first time viewer. But I think you can. I mean. The amount of times they have to explain, I have this sports almanac, I can go back in time and win money, it's it's a little uh, little hammy. Especially Absolutely. when the Save the Clock Tower guy says, I wish I could go back in time and put it all put money on the Coveys. Like, come on. Yeah. I got it. Absolutely. And, and another one I'll say <laughs> is, is yeah. the, the climax of the movie is Doc, and, and he says, whatever you do, I can't get struck by lightning. He says that. That's just yeah. bad dialogue. I'm sorry. It's just not good. Like, I again, I like it. I like the premise that introduced. I like a lot of the elements of it. The music again is amazing. I think the the scene where Doc is celebrating just to have Marty come right back is great. I think. That's oh, a, yeah. That, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna what? do one. Uh, yeah. The end. I think the end of the end of all uh, all three of these movies are great. Right? Absolutely. So you have the great cliffhanger for at the end of the first movie. You have an even better cliffhanger at the end of the second movie where, like. He's celebrating. Marty runs out down the street. Like going back, uh, the way I see it is like that was my lasting memory of that scene. Like when I watched Back to the Future one, the first time I rewatched it after a while, I was like, "Wait, doesn't Marty run back down the street?" And like they set up the sequel. Like no, like it's so like Back to the Future two establishes the whole series. It's like it rewrites one, two, three with one and two being contained in two, if that makes sense. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I have a like my last my oh. lasting memories of Back to the Future One all come from Back to the Future Two. Interesting. that's a that's a very good point. No actually. one calls me chicken. I hate that's I hate it. I'm sorry. Like maybe that's bad. Is your favorite quote from the first movie? What? Does he say it in the first movie? No. He, he does doesn't. not. So that's something else along with the Lorraine thing, that's something else that they tried to they it, they put something on Marty's character. They Mandela his effect fatal it. flaw in the second film. Yeah, I, and it inf- yeah it's 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 like it's always been there. And that's another uh, that's another exposition police woo, is when woo, they're woo. at Marty's house and Lorraine's talking about how it messed up his life. Oh but, yeah, uh, it's a, oh my gosh, like, she's like, like yeah, like it, that accent it. that I'm sure his 14 year old daughter has heard the story before. She's like, I'm gonna tell you this one more time. Well, she she does do that in the first movie. Like she keeps like the enchantment under the sea. And they'd already talked about that, so I think okay, I can live fair. with that. I don't know. I, but you're right on that. And I, I didn't like the chicken storyline at all. I thought it was a very weak thing to add. If you're gonna if you're gonna Mandela effect something in, make it good. No don't make one it, calls don't me make it, chicken. And then he's like, I hate when people call me chicken or whatever. Um, Are you and Mandela? 
Also, can we talk about how Griff's like grandson talks? He talks like he's a crack addict. Well, yeah, his he's like, uh, his his bionic robot parts are malfunctioning. Yeah. Okay, all right, that I forgot about. Hey, there's that. an he, answer to every that single. Scene, like, that scene's awesome. McFly, you, and I'm like, what are you they doing, Grandpa? <laughs> Grandpa? No, you think I'm called a grandpa for my health? Oh he's my great. gosh, his yeah. baseball bat, his like platform shoes. Oh, I wish 2015 could have been that cool. Bro, the self-tying shoes, make it happen. Make it happen. It did happen. Um, for like a brief time, apparently. Self-drying jacket. Make that Thomas happen. Thomas F. Wilson, phenomenal. As Biff. As Griff. Oh, yeah. Mad Dog As Tannen. Biff, Griff, Mad Dog, he, Tannen. He, I think, I he's, think he's awesome. helped by the fact that he does a great job of differentiating each of his versions of himself. He's where... in, um, he is in um, SpongeBob. SpongeBob oh. movie or something. Hmm. Really? Also, what did I'll you guys? Who it is. What did you guys think about the guy running up with the letter? I thought that scene was awesome when he yes. runs up with the letter. And yeah, I, think, I was, I was going to say, yeah, all these, all these movies have great endings. One of so. my favorite things is this movie. The movies do is they he make plays Victor they, Fish Three. They from the SpongeBob movie. Right, well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> oh, sorry, Alex. You done, Davis? Because I was going to say what it does really well is it makes it gives what time travel would be like to a person who is not time traveling. Like how Doc leaves and then instantaneously shows up two seconds later at the end of the first film. And then how Doc leaves and then the letter shows up. Because, it, I mean, it is kind of crazy because, again, there, there are no official rules to time travel, right? Because there is no official. It's theoretical. It's, yeah, exactly. So if you would assume it works this way, that is, it would be really disorienting to have to deal with, you know, you saw a guy leaving, now he's back again, but he's seen three weeks of stuff while you've seen two seconds. I think that's great. I, I don't like how they sideline Jennifer at all. They just leave her. She falls asleep. And they just leave her at the, at the, at the, at the, uh, the swing and whatever, and she's just gone. I, I don't know why they did I'm that. I'm okay with that. Because she just would have been like, what's happening? What's happening? The whole movie, there would have just been a ton more exposition. Fair. I don't know. I think that makes the exposition more natural if mm. you have a, a person who generally doesn't know rather than Marty and them just senselessly talking out what the plan's going to be for the fifth time. I think you would have been complaining about it. If she was there and they were expositing to her. I don't complain when a character in the story has a question. I complain when there's no question and they're just reading it to read. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, actually. Uh, some details. Details. Uh, the DeLorean's license plate in 2015 is a barcode. Oh, yeah. I loved that. Awesome. Um, so Marty sees that the Cubs have won the World Series for the first time <laughs> uh, since, like, 1908, I think. So he's like, oh, that's interesting. And he's like, wait a minute. Against Miami? Because Miami did not have a team in 1985. Oh. And their mascot was an alligator. <laughs> uh, Excellent. And they and got then, swept in five. Yeah, and if you look at the newspaper, it says Cubs sweep in five, which means the World Series has expanded in nine games. For whatever reason. Because different More baseball, because Rob Manford wasn't the commissioner That's in this true. timeline. That's true. Hunk of metal. Bud, Bud Sillig. <laughs> the craziness. Just oh, an empty Lord. cup. Oh, um, and... Mm, is there anything else from Back to the Future? There's definitely two? a ton more. Yeah, of of note to me, mm, not really. I think that's fine. I think we had a good discussion. I mean, what else? What are y'all's final thoughts on this film? Do you think I it's really better like than the this one? A lot of people think it's better than oh, the first the, one. Oh, uh, the 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 Biff's Casino requires smoking. It doesn't have a no smoking sign. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't. I didn't funny. know. That, that's good. I like. Oh, uh, I will say the uh, Robert Zemeckis really tried to pull a fast one with the exposition museum. Yeah, that. Ugh. See that honestly though, I'm gonna say it. That feels natural. I say in quotes by comparison to I, some of it. It's better than like uh, someone doing a point to camera about it. But I, I think I think it was kind of implied, the fact that like how'd Biff get all this money? 
Yeah, that was that was a bit tough. I'm mean, just and, there, there's uh, a lot of lines like that. They really don't. I say Biff's Biff's crew looks like the cast of Anchorman in. That's true. In they do. Yeah, I thought that too. I thought that as well. We I was got like, a oh Paul Rudd. We got a yeah. cowboy hat. So yeah. absolutely. And Biff, when he's in the hot tub, he's watching Fistful of Dollars, which is referenced in the third one. Right. Okay. So I, I wrote the down. I couldn't remember when that happened, but that, okay, that's when it happened. And that's I where really got the idea. And then, uh, okay, uh, we got Lorraine is drinking beef eater gin. Another drink of choice. So me, I think me and Lorraine would get along. There you Evidently. go. I will say one thing I really I like. You. I don't think she'd be explaining too much. Good, she'd be like, Good okay. taste in liquor. I really enjoy the scene where Marty goes to confront Biff about what happened because Biff's explaining to him, but like in his mind, Biff is planning to kill the guy the whole time. Yeah, that, that, I think yeah, I li- that, he's doing exposition because he, he, he knows he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 see, the, those scenes are fine. There's just so many where it's like, oh my Voila. gosh. How did you feel about the, uh, the ashtray sticking in the chair and then going... Wait, what? Throws the ashtray. Hey, Biff, what the heck is that? (laughs) Which which works like nine times in these movies, (laughs) by the way. To be fair, he's doing it on different people, but like they're still funny. I think they're funny. Davis, what is, bro? Your your standard is like you're talking about moving the goalposts. You're out, here, you're out here like, like the behind me isn't he joke is not funny. You're like, this movie's so funny. It's like, different. What? Totally different circumstances. Different circumstances have different outcomes. Okay. Ever heard All right. Uh, whatever you say, Davis. Whatever Grace? you say. Shall uh, we, I, think, I think we move on to part three, which I will we, say. Shall we run down the street and tell Doc we need to get back to the so future? When I when we finished it and they showed like coming in summer ninety or summer nineteen ninety and they showed like the the movie, I was like, what is in. this? You ever seen a trailer in a movie before? Which by the way, the trailer sucked because it gave away Jennifer and Mc, and Marty kissing, which implies they reunite at some point. Whatever. I feel we, like I knew trailer. that was gonna happen. Weak trailer. Um. So yeah, what we're talking about back Marty to the was future. gonna die at the end. I don't know, Davis man. Davis gets so nervous when he watches the clock tower scene. It was it's so, so nerve-wracking. Bro, like, okay. Legitimately the, makes me stress. The second out. film was so stressful. They, they, they know how to make stress. I agree. I'm stressing, man. I thought I'm Doc... I'm like George. I'm I thought, the coronary. The thing is, at, at the end of the first one, I thought Doc was going to fall down and die and create some sort of paradox. Because then, you know, his past self go. is dead, so how can his prior self ever, you know, exist? All right. Second one's my favorite. Let's move on. Really? Yep. There you go. I like the first one so much better. Why? Why? You want to hear something crazy? You said it a bit, Jack, but because everything I get out of the first one, I get out of the second. You want to hear something crazy? That's fair. I think the third one's my favorite. I I I warmed up to the third one watching it with you. I love the so wacky. (laughs) It's so whimsical. He's wearing he's (laughs) maybe maybe I you got that one. Okay. Maybe maybe I went in with the wrong with the wrong expectation. I need to watch it one with a group of it's people so and two funny. not looking at it as critically. We'll explain all the jokes. It is so funny. I know. I, I like the set piece of it being in the old west as well. Yeah, I, I I like a good old west set piece. This film again stars everybody. <laughs> the one main addition is Mary Steenburgen as Clara Clayton. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everybody else. I mean, then Matt Clark as Chester the bartender. I don't even know what that one. Oh listed. yeah, he's funny. And then James Tolkien again as Strickland version thirty five. I like. I like like this one is the kid with them. Yeah. <laughs> Screenplay by Bob Gale and directed once again by Zemeckis. Alan Silvestri composing yet again. Part three was released, as we said, only six months after on May 25th, 1990. Wow. For reference, again, as I said earlier with Dead Man's Chest and Adworld's End was 11 months apart. On a budget of $40 million, it made just $246 million at the worldwide box. I was making oh the goodness. sixth highest grossing film of 1990. Number one and number two that year were Ghost with $500 million. And Home Alone with $476 million. The film won one Saturn Award for Best Music by Alan Silvestri. Thank God that he finally got recognition. And Best Supporting Actor for Thomas L. Wilson, your man Biff Davis. 
which for those who don't know, the Saturn Awards are American awards presented annually by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, originally called the Golden Scrolls. And a bit more casting news, the film also starred vet- veteran Western film actors Pat Butch- Bertram, Harry Carey Jr., and Dub Taylor as the three saloon old-timers. Did you guys catch that one? That was I didn't awesome. know they were... Uh... Harry Carey, the Cubs guy? No. Not, do you not wanna, that. Do you want a fun fact real quick? Fun fact, go Have ahead, you seen Davis. The Mummy, Alex? Yes, I have. <laughs> you heard the fun fact that Brendan Fraser actually got hung in that? Did he? When they're the hanging scene in The Mummy, he actually got hung. Is that is that true? No, I'm just making it up. Oh, yes, he actually sorry. got hung. Um, in Back to the Future 3, Michael J. Fox actually got hung. I can tell because he was doing he some good acting out. with the, Hey, Doc. I don't know, Doc. Yeah, I, I mean, I can tell because that was crazy. There's a lot of things in this movie that are crazy. Uh, that I'll agree with. Let's hit it. I like that uh, he has to go back to 1955 and convince old Doc to help him out. That's cool. Boom. Well, the part of Seamus McFly was originally given for Crispin Glover. Sorry. I just saw that. I guess really? that would make sense. Yeah. That... Would. Oh, yeah. So uh, Harry Carey Jr. actually was in Tombstone. I knew I recognized him in the movie. So, Tombstone. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I, I like that, too. I like how he ended up having to reconvince him again and has the letter and everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't like how it kind of retreads the oh really Mister Future Man or whatever. I was like, okay, I, uh, the best the best physical comedy in the entire trilogy comes when uh, Doc is doing his like his audio blog, and then, then the Howdy Doody kind comes on, and he said, oh, I must have hallucinated Marty. And then he turns around <laughs> and he's there and he starts freaking out. <laughs> yeah, okay, and, that like that is Christopher Lloyd's funny. Christopher he, Lloyd he makes is the, the Christopher man. Lloyd face where he's like, ah, oh, great Scott. Christopher Lloyd is the man, even if he does say Great Scott every 30 seconds. This one, he says it a ton. I he think like, they had yeah. a quota to make that they didn't have in, in the second uh, Look, one. guys, we got to sell Great Scott t-shirts He wrote quick. it in his SAG contract. He got paid by the Great Scott. <laughs> got paid. All right, that, that, make, that makes some sense. I, again, I like this movie. It's fun. I just feel like it, you know, it retreads almost too much to the point. I, I'm okay with it because it's a time travel movie. So I like, like the re- – like the – the three different, like the all the manure, all the skateboard yeah. stuff, like interesting. Like it's like it's like a motif that is going to happen if you watch it back. Like how you it, can expect this? I way. wonder. I wonder how they would do the skateboard scene in feudal China. There you go. Ooh, I, I don't how know. How would they do that? I just I, I slide down a roof, ride a donkey. Uh, I understand that. I just didn't really like it that much, specifically because the message at the end is that the future is not written, but the whole movie's me- actual message is the fact that everything is written, because that's the whole point of the movie, right? The whole mm-hmm. message in the movie is everything's written, or everything isn't written, but in reality, right. everything that happens well, is written. They're fighting against that the whole film. I that, suppose. That's I like suppose. he keeps he keeps oh he keeps oh. checking the picture just like Morty keeps checking the future crystal in Rick and Morty. There you go. I don't Did know. Did you man. know you that can't, you can't let the future inform your present? Ronald Reagan was asked to be the mayor, and he really wanted to because he loved the movies. The but actor? He yeah. Why couldn't he? Because he, he just said no. He was busy being the president. He couldn't take four months off to film a movie. <laughs> I mean, first no, of all, he, first of all this would, they would have been done. They, they, they filmed the whole thing in 89 and 90. He would have been done. Yeah. They finished filming for this movie two months before they like, came out. Like That would have been pretty funny. The actor? Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Awesome. Um, okay. That, so, that. yeah. Uh, then they go back to 1885. They go, oh, I they go say, to the drive-in theater. And, like and Doc makes them dress in 1950s cowboys clothes. <laughs> Which is horrible. It's awesome. It's, it's so because because Clint Eastwood movies hadn't been about yet. No, I know, I know. It's just it's just very funny because I so mean that good. was the stereotype. And then and, uh, I like the the period accurate racism. It's very funny. 
that uh, the uh, the sign that sounds crazy when he says no, it. No, but the sign at the sign at the drive-in theater does say "Drive them home safely." <laughs> it's far. It, that's what the fifties were like. It's yep. a crazy and time, what were man. The fifties were like. The, I mean, the Civil Rights Act was not signed at that time. I mean, they he when uh, Marty does walk into the saloon, somebody says, "Dang, you dress like a Chinaman." He said, "No, that's oh, the, the, you got that off a of dead Chinese." <laughs> the, uh, bit, Mad Dog Tannen killed over thirty men, not including Indians or Chinamen. <laughs> that was crazy ooh. craziness. I mean, ooh. that. Ooh. I mean, the newspaper probably said that. Probably, I will <laughs> say, um, I'm not particularly. Uh, a fan of the fact that they can fix the DeLorean and like, or fi- fix the DeLorean to make the time machine like two seconds. I would have liked a little bit more process. I like a process montage. Yeah, so you know, a little cheesy montage. They're doing like, well, you don't like, yo, you're gonna rail against montages now. They they reach for the same sandwich. <laughs> Guys, I think we need more steam. Are you seriously gonna? Are you really about to? No, Davis. No, no. If the goalposts are moved as much as you moved them. Stop it. Stop it. Um, oh, we could get. Uh, Jamie Foxx making the door sound for the move in the goalpost. Mm. Yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? That could work. That could work. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, anyway, you guys like this a lot more. What did you like about it? I just like it's, talk about it. I mean, I already like Old West stuff. I feel like that's uh, so humor, big, big Western uh, guy. It's really funny. The big machine that makes the ice cube. <laughs> hilarious. Ice tea? Okay, yeah, that, that I really, that Any was scene funny. in the saloon, just drop dead funny. It is. You guys got a back door? He, when he pours the liquor and it like burnt, yeah, it's in the back. Okay, yeah, the, 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 okay, I will say this one honestly feels more clever than the second and one's then, uh, comedy oh, particularly. The, when uh, when Doc goes, he stays up all night telling him about the future, and he's like, "How many did he have?" He's like, he still holding he that. Touched it. He likes holding it, <laughs> and then he's drinking immediately. <laughs> We're getting some wake up juice, which is like Tabasco oh, and like got pickles. Cars. <laughs> people walk or run in the future. Yes. I do it for fun, for exercise, or <laughs> recreation. Okay, now what yeah. kind of fun is that? <laughs> he's so that good. guy. Give him the award. That's the best guy in the movie. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh yeah, but the you got a back door. Yeah, in the back. That that had me rolling around. I thought that That's was hilarious. That's what had you rolling. What kind of boots are those, stranger? What's that writing on them? Knee K. <laughs> Is it engine out that? that what? Was, oh, period, Whoa! Period, now, period accurate racism. What? Stop it. Oh, it's of course so, it's the just... Indians won't be there in 1885. That's true. <laughs> they were there. And then the, the man... Wouldn't they be? Uh, the, when he drives into the mural of the... Oh, yeah. Ep- that that was that. And then they were. That was funny. And then the, the, the black bear turns into a man in a that, bear suit was, very briefly. Oh, so and, funny. And then... Wait, you, the black bear does what? The black bear that it, comes out, it you, when, like it, a, when it shows like the back shot of it, it's just a guy in a suit. You can clearly tell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't make the actual black bear stand up on its haunches. Be like, or, or it wasn't safe to put a camera sense. back there, either one. And then the bear puts his snout in the boot. He ate my boot. You think you think they planned? We were talking about. Do you think they planned for the bear to put a snout in the boot? I said they probably just put like salmon yeah. in there. Yeah, but I said they probably put a treat in there. Yeah. What treat? What, what treat are you giving a bear? Salmon. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, man. I will say. I mean, again, you know, you got lines like that where, like, it's like, oh no, how'd you f- get this far out here without any boots? No, not or a hat. The fuel line's been cut. As he looks at fuel leaking from the car, what else is it? Water. Okay, so. There's a video on YouTube of this guy complaining about, I feel like you might like this video, where he's like, he drives in and the natives there are riding and they're shooting arrows at him. You can see him bouncing off. And then like when he parks the car, he finally has an arrow. He's like, how does this happen? <laughs> Truthfully, where does the arrow come from? 
at that angle, they were riding beside him. Okay, I, you know I'm not that nitpicky. Yeah. You know the movies I that did, I like. I did Dennis. not issue as many uh, exposition, exposition police. police citations to this movie. This one got some thumb up, thumbs it, up jokes. Yeah, it. it uh, I mean, like the how can we get it up to 88? And then it just cuts to them pulling it with horses. I mean, it cuts to them putting liquor in the gas tank. Like, yeah, that, I like good. that better. I really, I, and then, uh, so good. I, I suppose we could push it. And then See, the train arrives over his shoulder. Like, there you go. Show, that's, that's, show don't tell. Exactly. That's a lot easier than we could try alcohol. No, that wouldn't work. We could try with horses. No, that wouldn't. Like, um, I just like them going through the process. That's a montage if you want a montage. That's montage, a montage is better than exposition in my opinion. I agree. How are we going to get the car to get up to 88 miles per hour without any Guys, gas? the train's behind <laughs> me, isn't it? Oh, now you bring it up. <laughs> Where's the goalpost sound like, effect? I like the uh, I like the conversation they have with the with the railroad engineer. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Like, well, I suppose. I suppose without any. I saw one that got really to seventy. Hot. Oh, it's so good. They, oh, it's like and then they go to the the bridge and it's not there. Just cut, <laughs> jump cut to the bridge. Oh, it's called you, clear jump, or Jump cut comedy is good and I like I, I like uh, that the the ravine thing. That that might have get a citation when you they look like at the map. One? He's like, "Oh, it's, it's called yep. Sonash Ravine." Interesting. I, I, I wonder if this I wonder world... why that ravine there is called by that name because um, well, you know, uh, stupid. Clint Eastwood Gorge. <laughs> I do like that he used the word Clint e- name Clint Eastwood. Oh no, that's really hilarious. Like that. yeah, that's like that's yeah, like that's yourself... what a, that's what a seventeen year old would do. It's like calling I yourself Darth Vader. Like I... yeah, no, like okay, so like think about. It. I mean, if you're pulled back in. Some kind of time period, like I mean, if I'm pulled back in like 1700, I'm using some historical person's name who wasn't born yet. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm Abraham Voltaire. Lincoln. I'm Voltaire. Exactly. Like you know, I mean, you would. What's Voltaire's last name? He might have been anonymous. Uh, <laughs> we need to make that sound effect. Right, Francois Marie Arouet. Voltaire. Oh, oh. Known by his nom de plume, Voltaire. Like name like, I mean, of feathers. I sound. Mm. I can believe that. No, um. Yeah, like, I, I, like that makes sense, and it was funny. It's like a Clint name. Eastwood. What yeah. kind of name is that? That like that's funny. I like. Luma is pen and Spanish. But what what else did you? I will say. I and honestly. No wonder this circuit failed. Didn't like Clara and Doc. And Doc. What? I like. I like. Didn't like Clara and Doc. Ah, uh, no, it was kind of corny. I didn't it's buy okay. it. I liked how Doc, like, you can slowly see him like start changing his morals, and Marty's like trying to steer him back, and like, yeah. it's like they flip roles. That scene when they have that discussion uh, after the, they the drop te- the DeLorean is excellent. The telescope scene, oh, great. Marty's like, "Don't you think we shouldn't go to the party and interfere with the past, Doc?" And he's like, "Well, we must have to. We must go to the party." Scott! Yeah, absolutely. We must go see ZZ Top at the party. That is ZZ Top, by the way, Alex. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know. He knows. The, the only guy without a beard has the last name Beard. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Gun um, to my head, or gun to your head. Could you name a ZZ Top song? Uh the the Doug Dynasty theme song. There I don't know what it's called. Sharp it's like, I didn't know that. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I liked I liked that. I liked the sort of character conflict that was introduced. I think that was an excellent choice. I like the, again without it, this movie's probably an hour and twenty minutes. The the, the party scenes just great. You yes, got, you got the frisbees. You got the the wild gunman shootout. Yeah, that's true. With the the arcade game. Okay, the joke. Far out. Far out. It was right next to him. That's hilarious. I'm just saying. He says, like, chill out, dude. And he goes, like, well. This is heavy, Doc. He's like, weight has nothing to do with this. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's like, what's wrong with the gr- with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future or whatever? That, that's funny. Or or the, can I get some eyes? Eyes! <laughs> like, they're laughing like the two. I'm a dead jack. They're laughing like the two dudes from SpongeBob. Remember yeah. when uh, it's yeah, like. Yeah, I referenced you that. You a ketchup or mustard? mustard. Ah! 
<laughs> I wonder if that was them. Mm. I'll look into Maybe. it. Maybe. Um, SpongeBob looks like he got that pants off a of dead and shiny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I think it is a little funnier because the jokes are not so much retrod a bit. The exhibition's a bit tough again, but I, I like this movie on par with it. I don't really like the ending because Doc gets on the hoverboard and they run away. Why not just get in the DeLorean? They didn't want to go back. But then they but then they eventually do create a time machine. Again. They had they jump pe- around. People change. Nothing's written. Evidently, evidently. I really like how we finally tie up. The problem is the chicken storyline is still short in this, and they're like, oh, well, that one time, I'm glad they finally at least tie up why he can't be called chicken, because, you know, the fact that he got fired and has that, like, messed up hand and stuff is kind of left in the second movie for a while. I'm glad they tie that back together. Mm-hmm. I like how they did it with Jennifer having the paper. The fact that she just comes back, suddenly I get it, but I kind of wish they hadn't left her in that in that time in Dr. In Brown, 1985 anyway. this piece of paper I had, it changed. Yeah, that's... Well, Jennifer. That, that was... <laughs> Nothing's uh, written. Talk about exposition citation. That's yeah. uh, That was tough. That was a tough one. I mean, again, these movies are fun. They're not bad. I just think the exposition is very weak, and they could have been written a lot better. However, I think perhaps Zemeckis and Gale put some pressure on themselves, and probably the studio put the pressure on themselves. Because remember, the complaint was that it wasn't as raunchy and as brought down to earth as previous comedies of that era. They probably were worried about having to explain these things to an audience. So they were like, let's explain it clearly. I get mm-hmm. why they did it. doesn't mean they did it well, in my opinion. That's that's kind of where I, where I leave with that. But I, I mean, I like it. I think the train sequences are honestly a really impressive action sequence that doesn't draw out too long like other ones of previous movie of the previous. Very film. kinetic. It was exactly. I think. Now I think the Clara and Doc trying to reach out hands was like okay. I'm okay Go with it. It, it. But the rest of it was awesome. Them hopping along the train, all of it was great. I really. You want to know why I don't apply the same standards to why? this one? Why is that? Because it it doesn't need to have the it's same. It's not standards. taking itself seriously. Yeah, like if it was like if it th- if it was like. We gotta go back to save the world. I'd be like, okay, fair, okay. So the thing is, I went in, you know, and that's where half the tropes came. Like this was before the trope was like true, really big. True. And again, that that's fair. I I went in. It's funny. I think part of it is I went in with a certain perception because I was like, oh, these are all time classics. Let's see. They are. But in in a in a different way, almost. But like these set up. Like that how you, kind of humor in a way. Like how I know how to not view Star Wars super critically because let's be honest, some of the lines in New Hope are not great. We What's know that this. flashing. <laughs> I'm gonna go to touch stage. We're gonna some power converters. Exactly. Like some of it's not great. We know that, but it's just a whole different thing. I guess that's fair. If I'd grown up with it, it would have been a different. It would have different thing because you grew up with it, right, Davis? And as as did you, Jack. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. So it's Thumbs just different. Up. But I mean, I think you know they're they're good movies. Don't expect all time classic. If you want one, watch the first one. I think that one's awesome. All the but best it, stuff is made in Japan. I like the third. That one. was funny. That was funny. I liked I liked that joke as well. Um, I will say I really like how they introduced the tombstone. It feels very fluid. It's you not look like you've seen a ghost. Exactly. It's not. It's it's not like wow, doc, doc. There's this tombstone that looks strange over there. It's like oh, the dog goes up to it, and it's like some sort of temporal after effect. Mm. That's excellent. I like that a lot, actually. I, I thought that was a very. I think this one. I don't know if they learned from it or because they didn't have to do as much exposition because it's you know the third one and not introducing all the new storylines. I think it goes a lot smoother in exposition wise. Still, there's some weak points, but overall, a lot better. But yeah, that's that. Those are kind of well, my rank, major. Rank major. them for us, Alex. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, mine's probably three, two. Well, one, actually, or three, one, two. No, three, two, one. Really, the first one's your least favorite. But I mean, I still love it. It's, it's they're kind of like actually, three A or one A, one B, one C. I'm gonna go one, 
as 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 the first spot, Back to the Future one in the first spot. Then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two A. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Back to the Future three because yeah. it's, it's a lot funnier after after talking oh, about it with funny. you. And then Back to the Future two gets a two B because I think they're kind of equal. Just they the are. Exp- they're, the they're just one long movie. The expedition hurts way. me in the second one where it doesn't so much in the first one. And again, the the third one tells its own unique story. Doesn't retrod the same things. Even for example, the the skateboard chase in the third film is actually a lot different because Marty gets caught. In this one, rather than they they change that up a bit, I like that a lot better. So it's it's a lot more original. Jack, how about you? I would say that the second's my favorite, and the third's my second favorite, and the first is my third favorite. Wow! I I mean I yeah. think like not least favorite. You, you, third favorite. you watch you watch the first one, and you get the necessary. It's like a companion piece. It's uh like you can watch the second and third one, and I have I've watched the second and third ones just on their own without watching the first one because. As long as you know what happens in the first one, you can kind of follow along. It's like, I mean, it, it just starts with them going to the future. Like, okay, it's the future. It's a new story. So that's fair. That's fair. I really just, I, I really like all the second I one. I bet on rewatches you'll start to like the, the second, second and third one more. to me because there's so much going on uh, in 2015 and the bad 1985. So many details. Like it's just infinitely rewatchable to me. Fair. That's fair. I think again, I, this is on my first run through. We'll see how it goes. I just found myself glued to the TV with the first one that I wasn't as, as you know. The third one, I genuinely could not look away. Really? Because I've I, seen the first one so many times. The third one's probably the le- okay, one I've yeah. watched the least. I just, I just think the first so one just funny. does everything so well. I think it, in my opinion, is the best of them. While in terms of enjoyability, we're going to have to wait for some rewatch for that. But if there are any final thoughts before we end this Back to the Future episode that is an hour and 35 minutes, wow. Well, folks. I've got all the time in the world. We do. Um, Maybe you guys are the, uh, Well, they changed the courthouse into a mall. Because, oh, they do. Because, yeah, the, the underground mall, yeah, that's yeah, great. They don't need a courthouse. They've abolished all lawyers. Oh, yeah. Justice that, moves fast in the future. <laughs> Justice moves fast. That was funny. I liked that. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, we, maybe we could talk about the Easter eggs in the 1980s shop, including uh, what's for sale? It's like Steven Spielberg and Zemeckis, like knickknacks, are in for sale. Oh, really? Like, uh, I think, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is, is for sale. And uh, there was one I pointed out. I can't remember. Maybe, like, E.T. or something. Let me see. The Cafe 80s? Not Cafe 80s, where it's always morning in America. Uh, do you think the Ayatollah was going to be fondly remembered in 2015? Is that why they... I don't It's I don't called Blast that. from the Past. I don't get that. Oh, yeah, okay. That that was... I did not like those horribly prosthetic people. There's Ronald Reagan, Michael Jackson, and... It was funny. I, I thought it was like, There's okay. There's Who Framed Roger... Oh. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There's a lava lamp. Where'd you find it, Davis? Oh, there's the Jimmy Carter. It was the Jimmy Carter. Oh, the Jimmy out. Carter peanut. Yes. Where'd you find it, Davis? I just looked it up. There's Jaws. A what'd clothes you, iron. What'd you I look just looked up? up. I just Blast looked up. from the past. There's another oh. Jimmy Carter thing. That's the name of the knickknack shop. Right, okay. The Dustbuster, the Apple One computer. Some Perriers. Some which drinks. Like, a Magnavox. That's pretty accurate to what you'd find in a 1980s curio shop. It's pretty It's pretty cool they had that. were able to have that level of foresight. I'm just saying, though, if I'd go back in the past, the Bonk. Almanac is literally what I would do, man. I'm just saying. How did you, have you learned in nothing? Unethical. Look, man. You make care. the bad 1985. What? You would make the bad 1985. No, I wouldn't. I just make my money and then I'd, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. You learned nothing. Absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. Oh my gosh, you know I'm kidding though, obviously. I think the receipt from Blast from the Past is cool. I think the bag from Blast from the Past is cool. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. So why has Universal not made something out of this at, the, at oh. Universal Studios? I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what the Jimmy Kimmel ride used to be? Oh, wait, no, you mean Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, it used to be a Back to the Future ride. Huh. Oh, yeah. And now out it's of time. Jimmy Fallon. They made, a, they made There's a Telltale game. 
supposed to be good. Yeah, I, I, I actually heard about that. That's where um and the original been, Jennifer Parker returns to voice her in that in that and game. There's actually. been like a ton of rumors about a reboot for years now. No, not Christopher Lloyd would want to be in it, but I don't want to see one. No. Leave it leave it where it is. Well, and they make... can't nowadays. They yeah. can't just let things be. True, exactly. They absolutely can't. We, we've railed against that for I don't know how many episodes in a row at this point. But any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up this show? What what episode it was? Jack, one, thank you again for joining the show. I think it's crazy Always that, a, a great that a Pepsi is $50, but the Almanac's only 29 hmm. Plot hole much? I will say I like how they match inflation. Like some people talk about what they got right. Like they are like, oh, a car is thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, and everyone's like, that's outrageous. That's exactly what it is in twenty fifteen. I'm just saying. They Pepsi's got that right. aren't fifty dollars. Pepsi's yeah. are not though. It's it's interesting. They hey, got they got it right in some. They were only off by one year on the Cubs World Series. Oh, yeah, True. that's right. Yeah, it's crazy. They, do you think Anthony Rizzo was on that team in the future? Mm. Mm. I feel like I feel like he wouldn't have been born in that. In that timeline, interesting. Probably not. No. Probably not. Anyway, any final thoughts, gang? Before we head out. Well, guys, oh, folks listening at home, maybe guys aren't ready for that, but your kids will love it. Excellent, excellent, Davis. But we thank you all for I listening get to, to this episode of Through the Lens. Jack, thank you again for joining us. Oh yeah. Talk about Back to the Future. It's always a good time. Looking forward to talk to you next year about what trilogy do we decide on? Oceans. Catch Oceans. Me, catch me if you can. No, no, no. Oceans next year. But again, thank you all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. What were your thoughts on the Back to the Future films? Let us know. Uh, you can reach out directly to us on our Instagram. That's through the lens Weagle on Instagram, through underscore the underscore lens underscore Weagle. You can also follow Weagle 91.1 FM at Weagle underscore AU on Instagram for all updates about Auburn's student-run radio station. We'll be back next week to discuss Morbius because it is Morbius Month, and today is Morbius Monday. Whoop, whoop, going to be an exciting time. But anyway, we'll talk to you in the future, ladies and gents. 